Thank you for checking out the Terror Zone podcast. I've been pushing this for about going on two months. The idea that I have for this is, or my so-called mission, you could say, is to uh, just, just I want to get across the perspectives of a lot of people who I've looked up to over the past you know, 17 years, or you know, just friends. Uh, I want to talk to them and hear their perspective on hardcore and what it means to them and how they grew up in the scene. Uh, one thing. I find it really interesting is that we can all come from different walks of life, different backgrounds, uh, different classes, and all share one thing, and that's hardcore. Not to sound too fucking cheesy about it, but in some ways, it's a lot of people's first love or still, you know, they're like true love because it's a place you can always go back to. And at least find a couple friends who are always there. No matter if the last time you went to a show was, you know, uh, fucking year ago before the pandemic started, or whether it was 15 years ago, like, like you can always walk into whatever room one of your favorite bands are in and see a couple people that you haven't seen in a long time, and you can hug each other like the last time you seen was fucking yesterday. You know, there's not many places where, where you can do that, you know, especially hardcore. It seems like such a crazy place, and... You know, it's still like underground culture for for the most part. And to me, I love the music. I love the friendship and the camaraderie. And I love how we can all show up and get along for for the most part and enjoy some fucking crazy music. Just loud, fast, people jumping on each other. You're going home with fucking black eyes, going to your corporate job tomorrow. It's It's like, who does that? Fucking hardcore kids, man. And you're never too old for it, which is what I'm trying to get across. I'm sure there'll be some people who hear... Or watch this when when they haven't been to a show in, in five or ten years and it might it might get them excited about it again it might uh, reinvigorate you know some people who thought they haven't had the time or you know they've had uh, their own lives you know whether it's kids or a job you know people do grow up yeah but when you still think about it it's brings back a lot of memories and a lot of people have a lot of memories here when there's shows you know two two shows a week and you know, like every other week you got to see your fucking best friends and you have some beers or, you know, high fives and stage dives, whatever else. And what I want to share is the people I want to talk to, whether they were in, in bands or fucking bartenders, show promoters, um, you know, whether they uh, mixed and mastered albums, how we all ended up in the same room. And because you had to be brought, brought to a show by somebody, it's not like you've seen the shit on MTV unless, you know. Well, there's like a Chromax video or something, but uh, what I want is the positives and the negatives, you know, the good, the bad, and to me, it's all fucking ugly. Everybody in hardcore is ugly as fuck. You know that. And I don't know how people were, like, influenced and why they pick up a guitar or why they decided that they wanted to fucking scream and you know, the artists who have some of the darkest and most emotional lyrics that come out in the most aggressive way possible. And everybody can take a lot of their aggression out at a hardcore show and go home feeling a lot better about themselves. Especially in Detroit, because Detroit has had a big history of, you know, being musical influencers starting, you know, all the way back in fucking Motown, all the way up, you know, to Iggy and the Stooges and MC5, Bob Seger, Ted Nugent, and then, you know, comes the 80s and fucking negative approach and fuck man whoever else uh just just hard hard music raw fucking true emotion how you feel about people 
how you want to beat the shit out of somebody, like, and it just seemed to spread, you know, and Detroit has always had a good relationship with uh, New York and Pennsylvania and even a lot of the East Coast, and I'd like to talk to those people, too, whoever had a relationship with Detroit hardcore, whether it's, you know, uh, fucking bringing bands to New York, like everybody knows, Agnostic Front and uh, Cold as Life, or fucking Madball and Cold as Life, uh, you know, and, and, and all the way now, like Annie Up and Wisdom and Chains and all these bands from East Coast to uh, Detroit have had had formed strong bonds and able to spread each other's music and, you know, support each other and the shit that we love and it's just cool to go like two three four states away and and then you bump into somebody you know you know just fucking give them a hug like they're your brother and he means a lot to a lot of people but everybody's welcome on this podcast it's not just I mean, people that i want to talk to i yeah i want suggestions i want i want help from people in this scene who you know would like to hear uh different perspectives from somebody that i may not know or heard of i don't know everything man you know I'm only asking the questions that I want to ask you know, right now, but I want everybody's help with it. I want to have everybody on because everybody has some place, somehow, you know, probably played a small role in either a band coming or, you know, just fucking buying a sticker at a show. You know, we've helped somebody. Like I said, yeah fucking venue owners uh you promoters even like bartenders like like you know just imagine you know because they basically are a fly on a wall at a hardcore show you know just especially if they're not into the music they're just making some extra cash on the side and you know they end up at a fucking blood for blood and cold as life show or you know what kind of stories do they have or you know who have they sat down and had a long conversation with who has moved on to bigger and better things that was just a nobody back when they came through, whether it's the Magic Stick or St. Andrews or just even, you know, the, the Meat Men, you know, those guys at the freezer with with a negative approach. There's there's just so much, so much history. And I want to, you know, there's a couple inspirations you know, for me to do this, obviously. Um, just the whole podcasting game in general is really blown up and, you know, Joe Hardcore has his, um, you know, Hoya Rock, uh, you know, uh, Richie from uh, Wisdom and Chains. You know, these are all influences for me to do this. It's not like, you know, so, some original idea, but I want to put my own twist on, you know, the conversations that I can form with people and ideas that I could share and memories and you know, good times, bad times. Like I said, like, there's so many memories and the people that I've interviewed so far. I'm asking questions about shit they haven't even thought about and whether it's five years or fucking 25 years. And I think it's good to have the conversations because at a time, that's what made all of us most happy. And it still does. Like I said, I don't be too cheesy because I'm a tough guy, you know, and fuck around. But, you know, this shit can get emotional. Uh, just, just the thinking about, you know, friends we've lost over times. And like I said, uh, the inspirations for me to do this, you know, thank you. I want to thank you guys uh, because I thought of an idea and I can share a different perspective of hardcore from a different city and a different culture. Some may say the hardest culture. It's fucking debatable, but 
Detroit's pretty tough. And we've all taken away lessons and certain values that we hold hold high and the way we treat others and treat our friends and family, you know. So it's that's a good thing. Some people, you know, might have had bad experiences or, you know, done some regrettable things. But, you know, as we get older, we all learn and we all change and we all mostly move on from from uh, whatever negativity uh, was had and we can only try to make the scene a better place by sharing how fucking crazy it was and maybe maybe um there can be a place where anybody can come and not feel like an outsider because i think the reason why we all ended up here is because we were outsiders and then you know somehow a cool guy club formed somewhere but it's a place where you can go and feel safe and have a good time and not have to worry about fucking, you know, someone talking shit or, you know, whatever else. Even though it happens, it happens everywhere. You're not going to lie about that. And it probably won't, probably won't go away. It's just like wishful thinking because, like I said, not everybody is always so nice. But that's one thing you always learn, I think, at out of hardcore is always to fucking stand up for yourself and, you know. And maybe treat others how you want to be treated down the road. You know, no regrets, but we live and we learn. And, you know, it's still here. And there's a lot of bands that have had uh, big impacts just with their lyrics on the way people live their life. And that's a good thing that they can inspire people to act a certain way. It's, you know, almost like a religion in a way. How you read a fucking Bible and, you know, whatever it says. I don't know what it says. Shit. But, you know, it they can help somebody be a better person or hold themselves to a higher standard to treat others better and you know you live and you learn and so on and so fucking on but it has been it has been fun so far and uh i think i'm gonna be either releasing them weekly or bi-weekly you know depending on the response depending on what people want you know like i said i could do fucking 20 of these i you know i can do 200 i don't know where it's gonna go but i at least wanted to get get the project started and put a little bit of energy into it um this is as diy as it gets you know i'm no fucking joe rogan i don't ever plan on being like that uh this is all just for the love of hardcore because there when there's a period of time where i wasn't able to make it to so many shows and you know kind of felt bad but it was good to get back into it uh, you know, quite a few years ago, then with the whole fucking pandemic thing, it just fucked it up for everybody, especially me, because I was having so much fun. I felt like I was a teenager again. Like, I got to see in, like, a time span of, like, from uh, September to December, like, four New York hardcore bands rolled through Detroit. I'm lucky enough, after after seeing these bands, you know, two, three times a year for over, over the past fucking, like, 16 years, 16, 17 years, it was was H2O came, then Agnostic Front like three weeks later, and then um, I think in November, fucking Scarhead came through, and then like, Madball like two weeks later. Like, how fucking lucky are we to still be able to, you know, see all the bands that we loved growing up, and the energy is still the same, and wild-ass shows, you know. So, and when this shit opens back up, man, like, if anybody's interested, any, any other band members see the shit from out of state that you know, have any good memories in Detroit or just want to shoot the shit, fucking reach out. I'm willing to talk to anybody, set anything up with anybody. You know, it's it's an open game. I'm not looking to talk to, 
they're just like superstars in hardcore but you know that's always cool because they got a lot of experiences and you know they might be able to uh, express their message you know better than i can you know this is uh all in the works it's all going to take some time this is a learning game for me and you know who i have helping me and uh the guests and they don't have to be one and done anytime i have mine multiple times you tell me who you guys like hearing you don't want to hear me too long I'm fucking stutter and retarded it's all good anyway i appreciate you checking this out this intro is going pretty long but i'm only doing this once on youtube but i will be doing an intro for every episode on the audio version like it's just a lot of work but if if i find you know people like it you know i'll put the effort in to make it you know as good as possible on youtube it's just a totally different thing for me still learning all this um if anybody is interested in helping i ain't got no money for you but if you want to be part of this project fucking holler at me this will be fun and uh the first episode i did i'm gonna tack this on here because like i said i'm not doing the youtube intros um it's cold as life and obviously i don't i don't even need to fucking explain why they're the first episode going out I mean, if you don't know who Cold as Life is, and I don't know why you're watching this video. They are, to me, one of the most fucking raw and hardest bands that ever existed. And me being lucky enough to be, you know, in the same scene as those guys, like, like fucking Detroit shows are crazy. I've never been fortunate enough to see an original Cold as Life lineup. I was just too young. I didn't show up. The shows like 2003, 2004, and that whole Born to Land Hard uh, lineup was already fucking dissolved for the most part, and you know things happen. Uh, Hate Inc was going on then, but like just seeing those dudes, like knowing that they were in Cola's life, was like, how lucky am I? Because Hate Inc used to play all the time, you know, just other dudes, but the still the guys, the legends from Cola's life were there, you know, fucking right in front of me at like 17 years old, and you know. Um, but I want to say thank you to Roy and Jeff for coming over and spending a couple hours with me and, uh, Dom, especially from a three, eight, nine records for, uh, taking the time to join through, um, you know, the zoom meeting cause he's putting a lot of time and energy into, uh, remastering the born, the born to land hard album props to you, Dom. Uh, cause that's, you know, everybody loves that album and, you know, to redo it and whatever the artwork and shit like that. And then uh, to put it uh, digitally on all the other audio platforms. Like, I don't think we can thank you enough. That means a lot to a lot of people, you know, easier access. And, you know, those guys can get the credit they deserve for what they've done and how they've paved the way for Detroit hardcore. You know, I'm not negating the facts from, you know, uh, negative approach and and you know the early 80s bands but for me cold as life is where it's at you know they that's my era that's my favorite era and it's what i want to share it's what i want to talk about but i i want all the history <clears throat> you know not being able to see the original you know cold as life you know it's all good but being able to hear some of their memories and talk about some of their experiences as a band and you know we got into the story of ron obviously i was probably all over here and there but i hope to do it with them again those guys are fucking awesome nice nice guys it's like you would have thought different at least me like you know myths and stories i don't know them guys like they were 
just older than me. So, so being able to sit down with them and have my first conversation ever after seeing them in the same rooms, you know, for, you know, how, however many years. And then like Jeff going away and you know, we got it. We talked about that a little, you know, there's, there's just so much more that I would love to cover with them. And it seemed like they had a good time. Anybody else who's ever interested, is anything to offer, suggestions, ideas, I'm game. I want to say thank you again. Um, you can find my Instagram. It's uh, a Terror Zone Podcast. You know, T-E-R-R-O-R-Z-O-N-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T on Instagram. That's about all I have right now. I don't know if I'll... I don't know if I'll even bother getting on Twitter. I don't, I'm not into that shit. Like Facebook is just fucking ghost town. So that's where it'll be. That's where you can find find the news. And I'm going to be using the hosting uh, uh, Podbean is what it is. P-O-D-B-E-A-N. And they will distribute all of the audio versions out onto uh, Google, uh, you know, Google uh, podcasts, iTunes, or, um, Probably iHeartRadio, Spotify, it'll be everywhere. So it just won't be on YouTube. And, you know, if the audio, it is what it is. I mean, you know, we're doing the best we can. And, you know, we have standards and we want it to be as good as quality. We don't want it to be an ear beating or something like shit. It says, like I said, as DIY as it gets. And I hope you guys like it. I know I've had fun recording a few of the episodes so far. It should be fun. Thanks again.
What do you think? Fuck, man. A lot of years. A lot of years. A lot of blood, a lot of heartache in that shit. I mean, I just want to say thank you for doing this first because, you know, it means a lot, not just to me, but fucking to a lot of people, whether, you know, whether you believe it or not, because I know you're a humble man, you too, but, you know, a lot of people still think of Coldest Life as one of the greatest, one of the hardest bands ever in hardcore. That's humbling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, but we really just want to get into history about it. Well, I do anyway, just to know, it's a little more, like... What kind of music was in your household growing up? Like, what, what were you listening to, or like your uh, mom or dad? And what was your influence at an early age? My pops and mom, fuck, they got divorced at like seven or eight, but I remember hearing Seeger, Bob Seeger on the radio, uh, Elvis. That's, that's, that's putting my age on some shit, but <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> But Seeger, I remember hearing Seeger a lot. The Eagles, you know what I mean? Old, mm. old, like just classic rock. Uh, yeah. How about you, man? Me, all, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, a lot of Bob Seeger. All my uncles, you know, he was from Michigan. So yeah, Bob Seeger was my dad's were down on that. Ted Nugent. Fuck, man. You know, shit, Fleetwood Mac, like old Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green in it and shit. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna get rid of this. Who gives a fuck? Ugh. Yeah, my uncle totally got me into, you know, he taught me how to use this big old stereo system because back then it was, you know, albums and it was reel to reel. That was big popular, you know, so he taught me how to use this whole stereo system at like the age of five. Damn, So man. I was cranking on that all the time. And actually, I had cassette tapes too, it just came out. So like, I was recording albums on the tapes and things like that. Being on cool. drums and shit? No, I didn't no, have a drum set back then. When did the drums start? Uh, around 12. 13 and sh- right yeah. in there 12 13 well i got a drug rehab i went to drug rehab at what age Jeff hold on <laughs> hold on <laughs> it was 84 83 84 yeah we were young man <laughs> both of you at the same time <laughs> well close close well, not at the same time but the deal was they didn't want me to be on drugs and do all this so i was like well get me a drum set and the school went out bought me a drum set so i got to jam it you know in between lunches and then my mom bought me a drum set. It's fucking awesome. Went over Jeff's house. I was like, hey, man, I want to get a band. <laughs> so so you guys known each other that long? Barely barely in middle school. Barely in middle school. Like, uh, So you said Wayne County before, but can you get a little more specific? Like, what city were you in? We were in Canton when Roy and I met. Canton? Yeah. Early years? like So you said, what, 83, 84? Yeah. And uh, what was your guys' first band? So when did you guys start? Well, like, were you in other bands before you joined the band together? No, it was Roy and I together from the beginning. Yeah. Well, there was other bands. Well, like I said, I got out of drug rehab, and he had got out of drug rehab prior to that, and I had heard of that. So we were like sober dogs. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was getting that drum set, so I went over his house, but I always heard about these guys being in trouble, him and his brothers and all that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, was, I just went over there and... Hey man, you got a guitar? He's like, yeah. I was like, I'm getting a drum set. He's like, well, cool. Bring it over as soon as you get it. I was like, all right. I think we made two songs that day. I brought it over, didn't we? Yeah, man. Yeah. He's like, I already knew how to play the drums or something. It was really weird. What were you guys playing? Were you like covering songs, or were you just making up your own shit at the time? Ah, uh, we made up our own. Shit. <laughs> well, from, from the get, there was yeah. some covers though. We did some GBH and 
Yeah, we did some covers, some punk covers. Well, that no, at first, remember when we were with the Bears using all those guys? Oh, shit. And, uh, you know, we were doing more metal shit, Metallica, and, you know, shit like Slayer. that. Motorhead, Slayer. Yeah, we were doing you some know? Motorhead back then. Yeah. Fucking 80s. Yeah, we're, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking 80s. So, 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 sim- simpler, simpler time, though, I'll tell you that. What's up? Oh, it's a little bit closer, maybe, yeah. But, um, you know, because you guys had a, such a unique sound from the beginning, but I know um, Coldest Life wasn't the first band, <clears throat> or even the Mattress Rats. What was up before that? Like, I know there's another band before that, right? Appetite Degenerates. Yeah. Yep. And was it just you two and nobody else that ended up in Coldest Life, or? It was Jeff and I, and uh, Chris, Brian Bears Chris and Weldon. Chris Weldon. Yeah. And I was actually playing bass. Oh. Brian Bears, who was on the drums, Jeff was playing guitar, and Chris Weldon was singing. <laughs> so, there's been... And we actually played a show that Blondie was in that band, Appetite to Degenerates. Yeah. Blondies, did you guys headline or who was the over? We were, we were so young, like, I think my mod over there, didn't she, or something like that? <laughs> there's an open mean, stage. Young, I don't remember, man. Yeah. That's some, some years oh, ago. that's a long time ago. <laughs> um, so, so when did we start uh, Coldest Life? When you when we came up with the name and everything like that, who was in the band at the time? Roy and I were playing, and Jay Way, and we were looking for a singer and a bass player, and and Ron Beauty and uh, Robbie Graham, Jimmy Doom's little brother from ALD, uh, came out and tried out. And uh, Ron, Ron and us clicked immediately. Uh, Robbie Doom, we were a little much for him. He, he didn't want nothing to do with it. So Ron stuck around, Jimmy Doom, or uh, Robbie Doom split, and, uh, and we were called his life from then on. <sighs> No, actually, we were the match rest for a little while. Longer. Oh, we were, we were. Yeah, and then uh, with Ron, then we had a song called "Cold as Life," you know, because okay. Rat Bones would always Rat Bones wrote shit, it, yeah, spray yeah. painted all over that barbed wire house over yeah, the yeah. east side there. Yeah, uh, I've heard the name. I've heard the yeah. name, but oh, he's yeah, great, dude. Well before my time. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing I've ever seen him on is that like four minute uh you know documentary thing that was on youtube him saying he's saying ron did something to somebody but his jaw was fucking hanging down here that's all there's a one second clip of him saying that but i was like i need to know more man uh so so when you guys met up with him uh, did you already know who he was i didn't i who? didn't ron yeah uh, well, you know, he used to beat everybody up at the shows before we knew him. We knew that much of him. But, you just know he's a yeah, scrapper? It was kind of weird. Like, when he came over, it was like, I don't know. He never left after that. He was just like, all right, practically lived my house, son. Yeah. And, well, uh, we only hear what people, you know, like, like stories and basically fucking legends because it happened so long ago. Um, Like, him growing up was pretty tough. Like, do you know that much about him or... You know, did they ever talk about not it prior to that? You know, because no, I just know he had a mohawk at a real young age. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you just seen the pictures and shit. It's like I just knew of them. You know, I, I we knew all of them. We didn't know him or anything like that. We just, you know, we knew all of them because he used to beat a lot of people up. And, you know. Well, you know, some people are retaliating. What's the word? Uh, this fuck. <laughs> you know, people know who he is. Um, it's based on the thing he does. Um, he was, you know, he was cool after that. A good guy to everybody, to his you friends, know. you know, yeah. probably solid, right? Yeah, you know, here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might get your ass kicked. You like it, you know? Yeah, but, but just then he'd uh, take you out to McDonald's and say sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because <laughs> that was well before my time, like the '88. Yeah. I was one year old, 
1988, just so you know that. So that just puts into perspective. I have no idea about you guys. Um, it was a way different way of life back then. And like, just the way things were. You, know, you could still be an outlaw back, back then, yeah, man. Exactly. You know, there wasn't cameras on every corner. There right. still things you could get away with. Yeah. Nowadays, good luck being an outlaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got you on everything. <laughs> or unless somebody's recording you in the fucking corner, and then you end up on YouTube. Ten people recording you in the corner. So, the coldest left. Do you guys remember your first show? Like, that's what I want to know. I don't. You remember your first show? Like, um, As Cold As Life? As no. Cold As Life? I don't. Um, I want to say it was uh, probably that Latin Quarter show or somewhere around there that we played. Yeah, Fock Wolf. was playing, Fock Wolf 190. I mean, the a bunch of punks, Probably the Feisties. I don't know. A lot of bands were playing it. Latin Quarter, that was on the boulevard. Yeah, I think there's a flyer out for a lot there of those is, shows. There is, So that was pretty much when the Colo's Life name was being used in, what, 90, 91, somewhere around there. Yeah. 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 So how did you guys end up on the um, Agnostic Front show? Was that your guys' first time playing with Agnostic Front? Um, somewhere in Flint, I remember. Yeah, Here in Capital wasn't in Flint Theater. you guys played? Capital Theater, yeah. yeah. Is that when they uh, you know, discovered you guys? Hey, listen, man. Rap Bones was spray painting cold as life all over the fucking inside of this theater. It was a kind of a nice theater, man. It was kind of like the, the not the Fox Theater in Detroit, but it was a nice old venue. And this motherfucker had a can of spray paint. He was spray painting cold as life all over the place. We never got paid because that's... Oh, Jesus. my God. Well, not that, he was pissing off it's the stage shit. on the whole crowd. But that, he was like, <laughs> sitting on the stage. So, AF, and this is the first time we ever met them or anything. And AF's just like, what the fuck is up with these guys? You what, know, like, yeah, you want to come to New York? But obviously, they liked us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go to well, New York? So, yeah. You know, the chaos is what everybody, you know, enjoys about it. And just like, hearing the crazy shit, which, you know, that's... I mean, I get I get excited when I hear about the chaos of the shows and you know fights and fucking people acting crazy because you know it's it's just part of the underground scene to me. It's it's just what comes with it. Like you might end up with the black eye, but if you had a good night, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, bad nights too. Fuck, man, a lot of them. A lot. I have a hard time with that right there, just because there's so many people in the ground, man, and so many people behind bars because of that shit. It's hard for me to glorify the chaos because there's so many people that lost their lives in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the fun at shows. Oh, it was, yeah, it was a blast, right? man. Where you end up with the time. black guy, you're like, oh, fuck, I had a good time during that set. I'm glad that band came through. You know, shit happens. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's a part of it. You know, the aggression it ends up. Yeah, there was rarely black eyes. though. It was usually somebody missing an eye. <laughs> well, yeah. See, that's so much a little worse than a black eye. You know what I mean? I can a good old fashioned black eye is not anything, but when somebody gets their teeth knocked out with a batter of chunk of ah, face or something, it's yeah, you know, it's a little more to it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The eras are different. It is like a like different place. Like there might have been a beat down here and there in like the early two thousands, but you know, well, back then. There wasn't nobody coming to, to help you. You know what I mean? The cops wouldn't even come in some of the neighborhoods we were rolling in. There was there was some things that happened where fucking cop helicopters were hovering over top of us, man, and fucking cops were standing there watching because they didn't know what to do because there was a hundred fucking people fighting. 
Fuck, man. So, were you guys like playing like out, like squats and shit too? I know there's some around Detroit. We're just yeah. at the smaller parties, venues yeah, and stuff. All that shit. Yeah, the House parties. parties. Fuck, we did all that. Footprints on yeah. ceilings. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> smashed we used out. to throw big parties. Roy Stocks and yeah. all these. I want, you want to get to that? Fifteen hundred fucking people at one of them. That's what know? I wanted to get like, to. Was the Roy shit. Stocks like Blood for Blood and shit? Without, yeah, that was like the fourth or fifth one. Yeah, Blood for Blood. So this is at a house. No, we we fucking were out in the middle of a field, dude. And I, we rented this PA dude that came in a semi truck that was like two thousand dollars. That is so crazy. Like pie knob over there it was fucking just a bunch of maniacs. Yeah, we built two stages. No, we had two fucking stages. We had bands playing all fucking day long. Endless amounts of beer. Fuck. Man, when was the first Roy stock? Oh, that was. Come on, think back. Be... It's been a long time. I'm ashamed. That house. Up here. I lived in Belleville, and. uh Jay Way was still in the band, I think. It's early nineties, yeah. early mid nineties. Because I know there's a video on YouTube. It's uh, Roy Stock. All it says is Roy Stock Belleville. I don't even know if it says the year, but I know. Um, I think it's when Blood for Blood played. Yeah, that was in Belleville too. Yeah. <laughs> just in the field somewhere. That was somewhere else. Yeah, just in the field. Yeah. Oh, man, I really missed out on the good times, you know. But we used to just make shit happen but like that. You know? We yeah. didn't rely on all the other, you know, corporate bullshit or anything. We just did it ourselves. I know, and, you know, mm-hmm. fucking permission to do things and yeah. stuff like That's that. That's how we connected with all those guys, all at war and all those guys. Those guys are awesome guys, you know? Yeah, and and it's not like you had, like, internet then either, like... Oh, no, there's all letters and shit. Yeah, like, know, letters like, and... Phone, um, base phone. Yeah, like, you had to use a phone, you know, yeah. like... So was it just bands that were, like, passing through? You end up, like, such, like, opening for, say, like, Agnostic Front. They were just on tour... Well, that would open the door, and then you would, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that agnostic front, I think Demise and, fuck, I, I forget how many other bands played it, but I think Warzone was on the bill, and, and it just opened the doors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it was up to you with a handshake and look in the eye, hey, you want to come to Detroit? Yeah, you want to come to New York? And that's how it worked, you know what I mean? We'd do a weekend on the East Coast, they'd come out and do a weekend out here, and communication was way different back then you know like we were running out pony express back then you know like we didn't have no phones enough but everybody knew what the fuck was going on you'd yeah. see flyers and like you know you'd be doing shit like that or you'd go to the mall back then the mall with the arcade and shit everybody hang out there and Man. you'd go to like Heath Beach or some shit like that Heath Beach yeah. wow is that even open anymore <laughs> I don't know but, that's you know, so, literally one of the well, shittiest cool places in Michigan like that and, a party zone, but like I said, if not that, I mean, my house was always the party house. Jeff's house was always a party house, you know. Yeah, my dad worked midnights, yeah. and as soon as he hit the door, every my house would fill up with fucking mohawks and leather bristle studs and acne. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fuck, man. Yeah. So it was just was house shows all the time, or yeah, just yeah, yeah, six five nine, and we practiced all the time, though. Like, we're always, you know, we, we always hammer down all the time. Yeah. Like, like storage units, people kick us out of the house or whatever. Yes, I couldn't imagine, right. like, your neighbors. Like, you're just in the middle of Detroit, just fucking blowing the place out. We'd like stealing people. supplies from, like, the local places, like, they were building places to, like, soundproof our rooms in the basement and shit so uh, nobody, we wouldn't bother nobody. And yeah. the, the, the locals would think we were, like, witches and yeah. shit and fucking white dudes with mohawks everywhere and like, <laughs> witches what the fuck is this shit <clears throat> yeah, they didn't know how to take us yeah and uh there's one thing that uh was already gone before 
um, I ended up at hardcore shows is having to fight off, fight like like from Nazis. There's real, real like uh, white supremacists that were floating around those days, right? Like that's one thing that I never seen was like, you know, you hear about like Agnostic Front having to fight like the Nazis in like New York and shit like that. Was it like that around here too? Yeah. Like yeah, there was a crew. Uh, there was in like Detroit about four or five the, crews actually. The, well, the the well the the Apple Squids and yeah. uh, Pontiac side, area yeah. and the West Side Boot Boys in Detroit. Yeah. There was conflict all the time. Yeah, there, there was, was fucking Packer Woods, man, that would come around and try to push their push their weight around. But yeah, we would have to fight it to keep, to keep it the way we wanted it. It just depended on the show, whether yeah. they'd show up or not, or they're just fucking there all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So. Yeah, they like all labeled their crews. We just never. We were just all the bands that always hung together, you know. So we did have a lot of people with us, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but we just never, you know, we weren't labeled as no Apple Center, no shit like that. Yeah. Also, one thing, like people know, you know, as a call this life to think of CTYC. What I don't know is where did CTYC start? How did it start? Can you? Expand on that a little bit. Like, oh, no, CTYC. No, 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 no. It was a fight at Blondie's, man. Is that what happened? We were fighting with who knows who we were fighting with, but Ron was screaming it. <laughs> Colder than you crew, motherfuckers, as we were fighting with these people. Oh, Colder than you crew, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, that's how it started. Right, and then right. Dougie, and then yeah. afterwards, Dougie's like, yeah, man, CTYC, bitch. And, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> the rest and, is and history, it just, and it just stuck. Yeah, it just, it just stuck. That's the hardest shit, though. Like colder than you, crew. Like who says that? Like only coldest life would come up with some shit like that, man. <laughs> like some, you know, just some real OGs. You know, to me, anyway, and a lot of other people. Like I said, man. Like, like I can imagine just like going to like a show and just just imagine like what like what's gonna happen tonight. At a coldest life show, like right. there's Ron that's drinking, that's what we, you know, he's got his eye on someone who he don't like in the crowd and shit. It, <laughs> that's what we wondered the same shit. Like, fuck, man, what's gonna happen tonight? I had a guitar case, I had a guitar case, man. They had an outline of an SKS in it because I would bring it to shows, and it, it made an outline in the case because you never knew. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, we'd sit in the guitar stands with the with in the boat. Guitars, damn man. Yeah. So, between you guys, like, and like, so it's like touring. Like, when's the first time you guys had like a tour? Like, you went either to, uh, you know, a New York for the first time. Was that like well after you guys have already been established as Cold as Life, or was it pretty quick after the Agnostic Front show? You know, we were established for a while, and when we got asked, we we were surprised anybody knew us out there. Really, you know, we had gone out there a couple times, but. Madball asked us to come out and do that. Uh, uh, what was it? What record? Their record release party at, at CBGB's. But it was way before that. That was Agnostic Front's supposedly last show at the time. The first one when we went out there, and that was right after that Flint show, kind of. Okay. You know, so, yeah, they wanted us. You know, pretty much like yeah, so, you know, come out and play New York or whatever. And we played the CBGB show, which was probably the best show ever that we've ever played in our lives. You know. It was just intense, dude. There's, there would never be nothing like that ever again. You know? Yeah, I, I've only seen videos of fucking CVG. And then it turned into the Mad Ball stuff and all that. We yeah, that's what, that's what he was asking, like yeah. when it started going into like touring and like actual touring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we so, did go there with Ron though the first time with 
the agnostic front. How was Freddie back it then? Bust, it busted <laughs> into like hate breed tours back when they were doing Under the Knife, and mm-hmm. then yeah, yeah, so mid mid nineties with uh, Under the Knife was like ninety five, ninety six, somewhere in there. Well, that yeah. was when yeah, you took over, you were starting to sing and yeah. all that shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, right after yeah, Ron got yeah, killed. Exactly. It's crazy, like yeah. it's hard to put it all together, man. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know it's been a long. That's what I'm trying to we do. We partied our fucking asses off too. <laughs> that's a lot. I, I, I forget so, more know. than I remember. Really, uh, it's been so many years ago. Yeah, know, it's a kind of a blur. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Just uh, you know, like uh, you have your brain upload some of the uh, information from fucking thirty years ago. You yeah, know, because I was thirty. Thank you. It's been a little long. Well, you know what I'm saying? You're like 90s, like <laughs> early 1990 or so, like before, uh, you know, Ron got shot, which, which, like, why did he get shot? Like, do you, like, you know, just over some bullshit? Like, do you guys even Listen, know? Listen, people were afraid like, of Ron. Even... So when some, when, when, when there's a guy, man, that does the things that Ron would do, you know, when there's somebody that'll kick the fuck out of you. And and that, people, are afraid, people are afraid. People are afraid of that. Not quit. People are afraid of people like quit that. Ever that guy, you know. So it's like that's even being his friend. It's like fuck. <laughs> like you just know? come fuck yeah, with you guys. Discuss. He was just that kind of guy. Did you ever have to man. fight him? He's a drunken night. You I had was, to fight I him. Fought him a couple times. It's like stop, Ron. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> well, he was beating up on a girl that I cared about, and you know. Yeah, you had to fight Ron. Whether you his friend is not, you would have to fight Ron. Otherwise, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. But, you know, just from knowing, you know, as little as I do, just, you know, the life he lived, like, early days, like, you know, was there any any right from wrong with him growing up? Oh, he knew right from wrong. Yeah. He, so if you got into it, man, he would always apologize, man. But in the heat of the moment, man, you were fighting. Yeah, he would, He would like Roy said, he'd buy you a cheeseburger afterwards, <laughs> man. But, you, you know. All fucked up, huh? Yeah. So hanging out with Ron... <clears throat> You never knew what was going to happen. And people stopped hanging out with Ron because whenever you did, it was trouble, man. Not like the the good old-fashioned American black eye trouble. There was fucking trouble. And uh, I kind of was distancing myself from him, and he uh, he wanted to go out. It was 4th of July. We wanted, He wanted to go to Hart Plaza. I didn't want to go, right? He wanted to go to Hart Plaza. I didn't want to go. He finally talked me into going down there. I promise you, Jeff, I promise you it's going to be good. I'm not, you know, I'm good. I'm not going to do nothing, right? So I go down there with him, man, and uh, he had three Mohawks, right? They're bright pink, and we're walking through Hart Plaza. Which is trouble in that era. Oh, yeah, yeah, at yeah. that time. In that era. Tri-hawk. Got, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Got nails coming exactly. through his leather and, you know, the uh, summer, trouble way to summer, uh, patches on his back or, you know what I mean, Vice Squad patches <laughs> on his leather, and we're walking around, and all the jocks are fucking, fucking blah, 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 right? And he's passing every one of them by. So you know, I told you everything's good, everything's good, Right? Well, this cop on a fucking horse says some shit, spouts some shit up, and this motherfucker's yanking this fucking Wayne County Sheriff off his fucking horse and fighting with him. Jesus Christ. Like, fuck, man. (laughs) Just dragging everybody down. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you just never knew, man. That's back when shit was really dangerous, though. It's a different city now. Different era. Yeah. Different times, man. There's nothing like that no more. No, yeah. I mean, even... 
It's all sugar coated, candy coated. Yeah. The last the last Computer time I type stuff nowadays, you know. Hey, the last no, crew fight after school at the fucking schoolyard. No yeah, more. You know what then get arrested. Right, before you had to pay your price, you know. Oh yeah, you're talking shit. Well, guess what? You're beaten after school. You know, ain't no hiding behind the bullshit no more. You know. Your keyboard. I think the last crew, the last <laughs> band, the last era that music was dangerous in this city anyway was when Dave Hayes and Tyrant. They, those were kids that would jump on a table and kick a motherfucker in the mouth to stand for what they believed in. Fuck but yeah. after that, after Cold is Life, after Tyrant, it's just a different era now, man. But it those is. were I think that was the last era where people actually stood up and fought, like literally fought, no for matter what, what it cost, in. for what they believed in. Yeah, right around that whole era changed, around 2000. Right or wrong, too. Around 2000. Right yeah. <laughs> hey, man, if you don't fight for something, man, then, yeah. I mean. If you believe in it. Might as well fight for it. Yeah, man. You know, it seemed like it all changed when all the computers and all the thing came into play. Yeah. Just well, life kind of changed. I mean, for some people's sake, just before the smartphone showed up. Before the smartphone showed up, record yeah. everybody. Yeah. We're all in trouble, you know? We are. We're all in trouble, man. <laughs> would be even worse trouble, though. So imagine if there's fucking cameras Back in the 90s, you know, with all the shit to have. Everybody in their fucking phone in your face, man. Well, we'd all be in prison for it, life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know. Absolutely. Like, life. For real. I believe it. <laughs> like, some shit, you know, that just happened to happen when I was around, you know, the early 2000s. Like, oops. Good thing there was no well, smart Well, you ain't getting away from none of it no more. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I'm just the guy standing in the back now, minding my business. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you haven't even They're been able to go to, to a you, show. You know? No, yeah. I've been gone for almost a decade. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got out with all this shit and yeah. haven't even been able to go to like a good show. No. What the fuck? Yeah, it'll happen. It'll yeah. Happen. One, one of these days. <laughs> one of these days, one I hope. Days. Or maybe playing a good show. Yeah. 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 Well, I'd love to hear about it, you know, whenever you can talk about it. What's up? He said he may be playing a good show. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun to fucking have a show. Um, Regardless of what we're doing, you know. <laughs> whether it be, you know, whatever. So now that, you know, we got, we talk about Ron and, you know, him getting fucking basically assassinated in his sleep, right? Like, yeah, man. Yeah, they, uh, they, he was found with three bullet holes behind his ear. From a thirty-eight and a half-dollar size pattern, so he was definitely in his sleep. He was in his boxers. He stayed. He was renting a room at the Macombo at Livernois in '94 with uh, with Rich Worstein. A couple days before it happened, uh, Ron had Ron had mentioned that uh, that he was nervous, man, because uh, Rich was on the phone. His roommate was on the phone, or no. So there was pay phones back then again, again man <laughs> yeah. there was no cell phones uh, yeah. and there were some dealers at that intersection that had this phone locked down and he was on the phone and somebody beasted the phone off him and there was some kind of altercation and ron got into it and rich got into it and whoever else was there got into it a little bit and ron told me he was a little bit nervous about what had happened well that rich was in a bunch of those gangs and shit over yeah, there anyway yeah. so yeah. You know, who knows yeah. And was he into like hardcore and shit, like Rich, or was he just a, just a roommate? Like was um, he? Was he, 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 he came. Was a to, he of came to shows, actually, but yeah. he. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. call him like a hardcore he was kind kid. Of a weird on that. He just knew who he was. Yeah, he, I mean, he came around. Yeah, yeah he was. He came to shows, mm -hmm. but I, you know what I mean. He wasn't one of us. You know what I mean? For sure. 
Yeah, I mean, just by looking at that one picture I've ever seen, he doesn't look like when he is. No, he was. You know, it's like a, you know, it's fucked up shit that happened to him. Like, uh, you know, like what's fucked up is he bonded soul, out, man, on a murder yeah. charge, and he's just been gone ever since. Yeah. He bonded on a murder charge. How do you do that? That place is gone too. Where I was, I got knocked yeah. down. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, well, the weird thing was Jake died right down the street from him. I had to go. Six five nine's gone too. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. That's address where you guys stayed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was in the corridor back when there was a corridor. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. now it's now it's with record stores and fucking paintings, million dollar homes. Yeah, (laughs) hairy armpits on chicks. (laughs) That's what I'm not lying. No, I I, fucking hipsters and just run the shit. (laughs) But uh, fuck so. So the back in like the cast corridor, that's where he got smoked at down there? No, he no? was at 94 in uh, Livernoy, on just the beginning of the southwest side. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right there before it gets a little more hood, yeah, from the southwest area. Yeah, it's a little north to southwest, but mm-hmm. it's kind of... Kind of right off 94 and... It's right at 94 yeah, in Livernoy. There's a gas yeah. station that was at the very first street south of 94 at the nor- uh, southwest corner right behind a gas station there was a bar called the macombo and upstairs they rented a little loft yeah man oh you guys just found out like the next day or yeah well, next day or something someone hit you up it's a long fucking time ago hard to remember yeah. that it was it's somewhere years. right there the next day yeah, or a couple fuck, days 27 years jesus christ yeah you know and that was what 93 yeah 93 i was six years old trying to do the math here you know yeah. you guys are i was 23 yeah 23 yeah, I was about 22, 21, something like that. Yeah, that would suck. You to fucking deal with this shit. You <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a little older, to be honest. Yeah. No, but like, yeah, but we still look pretty damn good for being as old as we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, so so like at that age, I was 21 when like one of my good friends died, um, fucking overdosed on some shit. So so that's about the same age of 23, 22, 21, and. So that shit hits hard, but it's a little different. Somebody, well, yeah, friend getting murdered, it's fucked just up. Ron, you know, you got Jake, you got Johnny, yeah. Timmy. Yeah, you know, listen, yeah, man. Like there was, there Abby was. He was in the band for a while. He died. You know, Roy and I had always been part of Cold's life from the beginning, right? Well, but there, but there's, but there's a handful of mainstays. Four of them dudes are fucking dead, and gone, from oh, just crashing and burning, OD, murder, whatever it is, man. But it's four of us are are dead and gone that's just not ron it's, it's johnny it's yeah. jake johnny was a big part of that era you know yeah jake he was. was a big part of that era johnny played on born to land hard yeah yeah um, that he wrote half that declination dude he wrote a lot of those riffs on that shit and, yeah. you know he was just he was yeah. a madman dude he couldn't shit. play it in the studio probably but you know <laughs> he'd write it you know yeah fuck man that was a good Good shit in that album too, uh, for Declination or whatever. Um, it's horrible production. But... The material, the material, material, different, the material was right. The but material the, was right. Was good. Yeah, I don't think the the production came out yeah, all that good. But... Yeah, I think you sounded way different on some of those. You sounded but way meaner. I mean, sounds crazy either way. But I thought for Declination was. If it would have been done right, it would have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we were there was some shit going on, some deep shit going on, mm-hmm. and we just couldn't get past it. And we were trying to get this done, and we had a couple fail attempts, and 
You know, we were, we were at a point where we had to produce something or we were going to be contractually in trouble. Not contractually, yeah, but we, yeah, right. we, just, we had to produce something. Well, I thought it was good. And another thing, I listened to a, a podcast that uh, White Trash Rob had done. I forgot the podcast that he did. This was a couple of years ago, but he mentioned a show which stuck out to me that was in uh, Chicago sometime. I, oh, I'm almost yeah. positive you mentioned to you guys. It oh, was yeah. like a Victory Record showcase or something. Yeah, 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 it was. So, some crazy shit happened. It did. It did. Remember any of that? I like, remember, I remember him saying I, it was I remember, just a cra- like it was crazy, crazy fucking thing happened. You right? I remember. I remember a little bit of it, yeah. I remember the whole thing. What happened, man? Like, so we, oh, was it a band did, playing or was it over everything? Blood, we didn't blood, even get to play. No, we didn't get to play. But blood it was us, hate breed, blood for blood. Blood for blood was on stage. And uh, Gina, they had a, Gina was playing bass for him at the time. It was before Ian McFarland, and uh, she was swinging her bass like a fucking samurai sword, bashing people. And <laughs> uh, somebody had thrown a bottle in the crowd, and it went by the person they were throwing. It was a forty ounce bottle, and it went by the person they were throwing at. And I think Shabo and uh, uh. Chabo was bouncing, was was running security for the guys at the time, and it, and it hit them, and it was a mess. They were touring in a Crown Vic. They had heads <laughs> and guitars shit. in the trunk, and they were using cabs everywhere they went. And uh, we liked Blood for Blood so much, we were like, we, we, we didn't know them personally at the time, but we were like, fuck yeah, this is real deal shit, and real recognizes real. So, yeah. so we jumped in with them. They were fighting the whole club, the whole the whole scene. So we jumped in with them, and we were banging, banging out the, all the way out the door. Got them into their cars. We got into ours. People were robbing Tony Victory, shoving, <laughs> shoving, shoving yeah. records in their coats. Everybody was doing that. Oh shit. yeah. Like, hey, listen, well, Johnny said something. Tony, Johnny talked about or something. Yeah, Tony uh, Rummel from Victory asked us, he, "You guys want to do some records?" Our our guitar player Johnny Hate says, "Fuck you." Or, I forget exactly what he told him, but it was great. It was <laughs> we good... had this kid from uh, Germany or somewhere that remember got in the van with us. He was supposed to go on the rest of the tour with us, wherever the fuck we're going. He was this little redheaded kid from. And I I met him back over there a couple times actually. I forget his name, but uh, and he gets in the van. He thinks he's going on a tour with Cole's life, and Johnny's sitting in the back seat. He's like, "Come here." Pull your fucking pants off! And this like, kid was all scared. He's like, "I said, pull your fucking pants off!" And, like, kid was out of the fucking van within two seconds, dude. Oh yeah, fuck! That, that, his little tour to trip didn't happen because <laughs> <laughs> it made him nervous. Uh, as, that was as a good, That was a fun night, though. We didn't get to play, but that was a fun night. God, it was chaos. It was in a basement. We had to fight our way all the way out the door. Oh my <laughs> god, man! Like, it's just not like that anymore. No, just, I know. It's not the same. Like, when's the last time you... It's not dangerous no more. That's why it was hardcore. You know? Hard. People could try and fake it nowadays, I guess, but, you know, <laughs> you got to have, you know, the roots of it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Where you guys really carried it on, you know, from, you know, uh, the uh, negative approach days and stuff like that. You know, there's really nothing like that. Well, that's what band. we were into, Great you know. Band. That's yeah. what got us into it. Listen yeah. to them guys. Yeah. So, so like, they were like, yeah, uh, yeah we, we were, like we were, they were a huge influence yeah, on us. Man. Absolutely. Negative approach was a huge yeah. influence on, on Cold as Life. So were you guys like going to the, like the freezer and stuff, or was that? I've been to the freezer. Yeah. Bookies yeah. and we just hear about those times. Yeah. Marquee and yeah, 404 Willis. It was a DIY place in the corridor. You know what I mean? It was it was it was different back then. Yeah, all the after hours clubs and shit. Oh yeah, the bank. 
Oh, yeah. The, the red door. Don't you steal from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck, yeah. I mean, stuff. you know, it's never even like that for me. There's always, like, the, venues hey, established. Yeah. The red door. Oh, well, yeah, that was trouble. Dzak and Major running security there. Jeez. John Page. Yeah. Hey, boy. Want a gun? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a you know, hell of a time, you know, where there's no rules then, and he's fucking... Just whatever happened happened. Yeah, cops weren't showing up. Detroit, Detroit, right? Cops Detroit weren't showing was up, like right? a ghost town no, down there. It was crazy, dude. Cops, there were no cops around. You could run red lights, do whatever the fuck you wanted to do. Dude. Listen, Seriously. when we were when we were kids, when this shit was just starting, we were like fourteen and fifteen years old, and you would rob, steal, and scrape changes out from couch cushions. And fucking bring it to the bar and dump six dollars on the on the bar and get a pitcher of beer. That's how that's how it was. Like that, we'd be stealing Jeff's old man's car since he was like working midnights over there. Yeah, the, we the would, old thunder chicken over there. Yeah, we would steal my dad's car yeah. or motorcycle or whatever we had to do to get to where we needed to get to at fourteen years old. <laughs> we would ride three deep on a on a motorcycle. Oh if we had my to. god. And you're coming from uh, Canton at the time still, or what? Yeah, we were out in Canton then. So that's what yeah. a good. It's about a good about twenty minute ride on a, fu- a fucking motorcycle with three people. Man, it was fast motorcycle. We get there quick. <laughs> That's insane, man. There's some fun old times. Yeah, surprised we made it. Yeah. Most, so, of, most of us didn't. Yeah, yeah. And ask you, I remember uh, Johnny Hayton just he passed away. What year it was like? Oh three, oh four, something like that. <laughs> remember. But you know he lived right over here too. Yeah, Park no, Street, right? No, it no? was yeah, he was on Park. No, yeah. White Street. White Street? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it was more like seven, wasn't it? Like two thousand seven or something. Johnny got with us in two thousand. Because I just started and I just started with Ramallah. Yeah, no, Johnny got with us when uh Um No, he's Jake saying left. when he died. Oh when he died? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, say the only reason I'm bringing it up. <laughs> it was like 2007-ish. Yeah, because yeah, I had a friend who f- lived next door to him, and like he just said, yeah, like Johnny Hate from Call His Life. I was like, I know Call His Life. I like that band. And uh, he's like, yeah, the fucking uh, guitarist. I don't think he was a guitarist at the time, was he? No, that was just way before. Johnny? 2006, 2007, were you guys even? No, he was playing with Call His Life. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Call His Life away. actually wasn't even playing in 2007. You had you had taken some time off, and I was doing Ramallah at the time. But he had been in Cold as Life right. prior that, to yeah, that. He got yeah. kind of crazy. That's when things started going bad for him. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I remember yeah. one of my good friends lived next door to him. He's like, "You fucking passed away." I was like, "Motherfucker!" Yeah. You know, I was like, "It was only a matter of time." He has like another yeah, one. He, he like had Cold as Life. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. died. You know, so it was like, "Fuck!" You know, another Cold as Life member who passed. Yeah. It's just crazy to think. Well, he, the dude would fucking take a handful of Xanax and wash it down with a half gallon of Jim Beam and be blowing bubbles in a fucking uh, mud puddle, man, uh. and getting airlifted to hospitals every other fucking day. <laughs> yeah, he was a fucking savage. Yeah, man. Yeah, Fuck. He was. It happens. Like, well, he was a good guy, gets hold of you. I love Johnny, he, man. I, I miss too. Johnny. I do, too. I yeah. tell you what, yeah. if you have a sixth sense of humor, there was nobody funnier than oh. that motherfucker. <laughs> but he was actually really smart as well, though. He like, was. If you get him one-on-one... I don't know, I think he had social anxiety problems or something. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, at that time... Which I'm not trying to make fun of. I'm nah, just saying, yeah, I think he did have nah, something like that going Anybody on. that knows uh, him would agree. Uh, yeah. He, that, he, he, he'd sit there and try to fucking levitate. 
He's like, what are you doing, dude? Fucking trying to levitate. Just trying. Anything that was normal, he'd be the opposite of. Yeah. The, the five of us could be looking at one thing in a room, <laughs> and we'd all see the same thing, and this motherfucker would come up with ten different things that nobody saw. Absolutely. He was a he was an odd, odd fellow. Smart, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because when I showed up, you know, like, I started going to shows like 03, 04. Um, I think, was it just Hate Inc. at that time? Or was... Uh, I don't think Coldest Life was even doing anything like say all four. Well, I never got to see so you Roy, sing Coldest Life. I've seen other ones. If Roy wasn't but, doing something and I wasn't doing something, Coldest Life wasn't doing something. It, the only time Coldest Life was ever doing anything was when Roy had it going on or I had it going mm-hmm. on or together we had it going on. Right. So, again, I forget chronological order and years yeah, and, and all years that. And but, all that, yeah, yeah it's, it's just blends, man. By. But, yeah, I, th- I think 2000... Two to 2006 or seven, Calder's life wasn't doing anything. But. Yeah, because you were in Ramallah yeah, and Hate yeah. Inc. at the same time, or was it just one or the other? Uh, I was in and out of Hate Inc. Yeah, just yeah. like I was too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen like I said, but I mean, we started that. That was like <clears throat> a side project, you know, with Tom. Oh yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike Richards, I mean? yeah. Yeah. great band, yeah. Yeah. Mike Richards. Yeah. 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 Uh, like I said, I only got to see you in Hate Inc. and Ramallah. I never seen fucking Cold as Life. Just you know, right. I just wasn't around then, unfortunately. But uh, like, sucks for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I can say. Uh, that might be on YouTube or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's not the There's same. A lot of old videos going out there. Look, hey, we got boxes of a lot of old videos that are getting ready to come. So I, I hope. I, I hope yeah. they end up there because I've only never seen, been seen before either. So I've only seen the few videos at the Magic Stick before they even had oh, barely some, walls some, up at some that of place. The best man. shows we ever did were oh, at yeah. that place, man. Yeah. yeah, some of the best shows we ever did. It's a different place now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, fuck yeah. It's fucking techno shop, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody I'm uh, I spend a lot of time with, man, um, was the talent buyer for that place, and she tells me all the time what a different different. I've not been there since I got out of. I've not been there in probably 12 years. Wow. Partly because of my situation, but you know, uh, yeah, she, it's just a different, different place. It is like, uh, the stage isn't even a corner anymore. It's like in the middle, there's crazy lights and shit. Like I remember when you had to watch out for like bar stools, like tables being fucking yeah, thrown. Man. Mate, yeah. Somebody shooting up behind one of those fans and a bottle of Mason. <laughs> oh, watching, I know. Watching, it covers everybody. But he just part like the Red Sea. Oh, fuck man. Yeah, the place isn't what it used to be. It's still fun. Uh, last time I was there, it seems so long ago, was uh, 2019 uh, Madball played there. And like, that was like the last one of the last shows I went to just because the whole pandemic thing happened like right after. And I was like, this is fucking crazy to be here. And it's not even, you know, the stage is in the corner or in the middle now. It used to be in the corner. There's lights and shit, which they really updated, which is a good thing. I mean, but it's just not the same. <clears throat> yeah, let's take a breath for a second. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh shit, it's covered in Keith. <laughs> Set me free. Yeah, it tastes way better. Much. You do all right. This is cool. <laughs> all right. Hey, man. Yeah, I'm good. Good. It's gonna appreciate it. Um, pass that mic that way. Another thing I once heard about, <laughs> which I don't know if you remember, like you said, you played a lot of fucking shows, is 
when I wrote it down, so I want to forget. In uh, Holland, you guys played a show in Holland. Maybe one time, like a, like a fight might have happened on stage between a couple of band members. Oh. I heard somebody mentioned that one time, and I thought, I was oh like, yeah, oh, gosh, yeah, I want to yeah. ask him about it. So uh, it, it, it all had to do with Johnny, man. We, uh, <laughs> like I said, man, he was eating a lot of Xanax and getting fucked up. So this is our first tour in Europe. Our this first is our show. first time coming out of Detroit, man. There's a bunch of hungry fucking kids, man, playing in hardcore band, dumpy ass venues, and we're on we're on this is our first tour, very first show. It's Marauders playing, fucking there's a, the lineup's all star lineup, right? And uh and we go to start playing and we're playing and this motherfucker washed a handful of Xanic down and washed it down with the fucking half or half gallon of Jim Beam. And all of a sudden, his fucking guitar's on the ground with all this fucking feedback and all the, he can't tune his guitar. So I walked over and I turned down his amp, right? And I could see him. He picked his guitar up and I could see him. We're trying to play a set, man. It's our first show in Europe. And we warned him before he fucking yeah, we, got yeah, there. Like, yeah. dude, you go fucking this shit up for us. You're getting your ass kicked, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. So he was warned. So it wasn't like... Yeah. It's almost like he did it on purpose. So I turned his amp all the way down, and Big Dog's carrying the guitars, and and, and we're doing our thing, and uh, I see him over at his amp, and he's f- trying to figure figure everything out. He can't figure it out. Well, he finally figures out that his shit's turned down. So he fucking he says to eleven, right? <laughs> just fucking just fucking everything up, man. And I was pissed, man. So I fucking bashed him with a microphone and kicked him off the stage and knocked his shit over, kicked his amps over. And Fuck, man. What year was this? Just so I know, like, what album was out there? 99. Okay. So it was a Born to Land Hard era. 99. We were, like, kind of through, dude. We were, like, waiting for that. Hey, listen, man. For a long time. So I ran out to the bus, man, and I grabbed his luggage, and I peeled it open. And there was like 17 different prescription bottles in there. Mm. And I grabbed, scooped them all up, right? And I went out in this alleyway in Europe and fucking just started heaving his prescriptions in every direction I could, man, on roofs and fucking down gutters. And he just threw them everywhere and he came out. Well, the thing was, he, he said, smuggled all that shit said, in, dude. Hey, yeah, he, he smuggled, smuggled all that in. shit in oh, through like deodorant bottles. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And he got pulled over. And like, as soon as we were getting off the plane, they were like fucking pulling that guy over. <laughs> he didn't get busted, dude. Yeah, and he never that's got crazy. busted. That's yeah. crazy as fuck. He came out as I'm throwing this shit all over the place. He said, dude, that's my fucking heart medication, and that's my this, and that's my that. And think of it now. You probably, like, that probably could have killed him, dude, because, like, those Xanax nowadays. Listen, this like, motherfucker called an ambulance. Yeah. Sisters, you know? He called an ambulance on himself. Good. And he, and he said, I'm going to fucking die. Oh, oh, no, this was a different tour. That's when Timmy was with us. Did I tell you these motherfuckers, man, called amp? I took the fucking pills again, man. And they called ambulances on this. <laughs> I hear all this commotion in the hallway, this hotel, and I open the door, and fucking Timmy and Johnny are in gurneys, strapped down to gurneys, and they're going out. And Timmy looks at me, he's like, I just want a fucking cheeseburger, man. <laughs> These motherfuckers, man, wanted codeine. And was, oh, man, it was a fucking nightmare. Sounds like it, but. I just want a fucking cheeseburger, dude. <laughs> Yeah, drugs are fucking yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, it's just interesting. Oh, yeah. You have the song called His Life, the name called His Life. So much drugs involved, which is the song called His Life. Like, shouldn't do drugs. You're right. <laughs> I've always been against hard drugs, man. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm standing here pretty ashamed of this, the, the, the road I've traveled because of it. 
you know, I got hurt in a work accident. I got spun on pain pills. And yeah. Roy will tell you, anybody that knows me will tell you, man, I've always been against hard drugs. You know, I've always smoked we some were, weed. Yeah. I've yeah, always smoked some weed, mm-hmm. always drank some beers or whatever. I'm not straight edge by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. That but that, no, hard, no, that no. hard drug shit, I've always been against it. But I got <coughs> I got spun on pain pills and that yeah. transition from fucking. They did it to you, though. I mean, well, I had a hand in it too, but yeah, the doctors definitely prescribe shit irresponsibly. Eat more, eat more, eat more. Yeah, try yes. this, try that, try it's this. It's easy that. to get you. I mean. That's the epidemic right there. When you just end up COVID nineteen, yeah. the epidemic is all these pharmaceutical yeah. motherfuckers, and you know, getting everybody hooked on all this shit, and then they'll fucking take you off, yeah. and then where do they go? They're already hooked on it. They go to the fucking streets, yeah. and then hey, not everybody the fuck, that does know? like yeah. opiate, a painkiller because of a surgery, ends up doing heroin, right? But every fucking buddy that does heroin started with pills. Uh, it's just the, the, yeah. the transition from legally prescribed medications to fucking illicit yeah. street drugs. Or you like Vicodin every now and again. And then they take and the Vicodin seamless. away. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. they did. It's crazy. Yeah. Because yeah, even, you know, over the past maybe like five or six years, I've lost more friends than I have in like my like teens and like early 20s. Yeah, like man. since I've been I like I just lost like my 30. daughter, man, in June. So many I, people. My, my firstborn daughter OD'd and died. Yeah, fentanyl, man. man. Yeah. yeah I, just, I just got out of prison and she died. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, me I, too, man. I couldn't imagine that. That yeah, was tragic as fuck. Oh, she was a beautiful girl, dude. Yeah. Like, just had it son he's he's gonna be two next week yeah she was a beautiful girl yeah well Absolutely. at least you got to see her a little bit right you got to see her like when you were out or yeah for a month or two yeah well yeah well fucking rest in peace I'm, you know, we've all lost yes. a lot of people so yeah. you know and we're gonna lose a lot more oh yeah we're yeah. gonna be gone ourselves here soon you know so it's all part of life man you know things gotta that's why you gotta go out righteous you know? right yeah just fucking yeah, you know. decisions we make matter man yeah, exactly they make they matter I know especially you know not just for us but you know for the ones hey, we dude. love well, especially for you yeah I mean you guys are young now too you know so you gotta take these things you know mm-hmm. not worry when you're fucking 40 and 50 you know harder lessons you know hey, be, be, before us is life and death man mm-hmm. choose carefully cause you live or you die that's it. Yeah. Some people just fucking skate by, which some should yeah, be yeah. dead yeah, and that's others, true. That's true. you know, went too early, you know. Yeah. Fuck. Well, you know, as we move on, you know, this is part of it, you know, it for, for life, yeah. death, and, yep. you know, but, uh. And taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a way to fucking put it, like you're forced. But, so, got through, you know, born to land hard. He has toured with all that shit, declination, breaking up. Went through a lot of it, um, but we got to get with uh, Dominic, who's now yeah man doing yeah. what for you guys? Damn. What's he doing? Oh man, he uh, well, we got a lot of stuff going on, but right now we done a, we did a little run of merch. And uh, he's remixed and uh, remastered Born to Land Hard, putting out on vinyl, disc, uh, digital release. Uh, he's doing a lot of stuff, man. He's re- repackaged it, fucking touched okay. it up. All right, well, let's end it here and we'll fucking get with him. I think he's sending me messages right now. Yeah. So let's he's let's get like, him in here. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? 
Good. You? Ah, I can't complain. I got those pins today. They look awesome, dude. What'd you get? I got those pins that Ramona sent. They look amazing. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, they're nice pins, aren't they? Yeah, they, they look excellent. They look hey, amazing. Do, do whatever you want with them. If you want to add them to whatever kind of bundle, package, first 500, whatever. I don't know how many are in there, but do what you got to do. Yeah, we'll do something cool with it for sure. Cool. Hey, Roy, nice to see you. How you doing, Dove? I'm good. Watching The Dove, Simpsons. Nice I was watching you, The Simpsons. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Oh, you got to get off that screen. Hold on one second. This is going to be all edited out. We're going to cut you right in. Sure. It's all good. Oh, I'm just going to listen until I need it. Just click record. Good to go. There it is. All right. Dom from A389. What's up, man? Hi. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Not too bad. Just uh, sitting here with your boys here. Uh, we're all appreciative that you're willing to you put in the time and energy into uh, – remastering and putting out uh born to land hard again uh dude it's an honor and a privilege i'm excited as well it's gonna be it's it's it came out awesome i mean we've the three of us have heard how it sounds it sounds it sounds really really good so i think everyone's in for a treat good i listened to it on my bullshit uh record player <laughs> oh, nice. it amazing yeah. <laughs> i was very happy yeah so i mean you know but you started up your record label again uh was this just a specifically for this or were you just planning on doing it anyway and this just happened to fall in line with uh your plans and just panned out to not even joking it was specifically because of this <laughs> it was literally <laughs> when uh the demos lp came out in europe i just wanted to make sure if someone was going to do i figured someone someone doing born land hard was going to end up being on the table and i was like ah you know what i just didn't want it to be I want it to be the best possible thing that it could be, you know, no disrespect to anyone else that did anything and how they did it, but I wanted to do it my way and make sure, you know, it just presented the best way possible. I think uh, people are going to be pretty happy when they see like the layout that we came up with and stuff. It's, it encompasses all the original material. It's like real fresh and crisp. And I, I think people are going to be stoked. Yeah. Well, but yeah, to answer your question, this was the record that broke me out of retirement. I remember sitting there, I'm like, if they say yes, then I'm in. If not, then I'm just going to, not even worry about it. And they said, yes. So it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that are really looking forward to it. And thanks to you, you know, we could all have it, you know, since everything's fucking digital these days, uh, you know, it just pans out that it's just easier to access, you know? Well, that too, it's going to be cool because uh, with the record coming out on, on vinyl, it'll be out on CD again as well. And, and a limited cassette, but uh, it'll also be streaming for the first time. So for the people that like listening to music that way, they're going to have the option to finally hear the coldest life records digitally be cool is that weird jeff that they make fucking cassettes now that Listen i don't think they were, they were making out cassettes back before you went you know went away now they're making them again you know everyone's collecting them how awesome is that that's great <laughs> it's good to hear. whether they listen to them is a different story i think they just looked, it's like a, an affordable option to buy something cool it's got the packaging and you can have it you know but i don't know how many people actually are playing <laughs> yeah nostalgia anyway just to have a it's it's, it's cool tape. I have all those old cassette tapes, but I'm scared to put it in my tape deck because it's kind of disintegrate old. or something. Tapes are kind of old. I'm sending them to Dom so he can transfer them. You know, I, yeah. One shot out of them. You know. So then, so Dom, since this was uh, you know one of the uh, records that would uh, drag you out of retirement, um, what was your like uh, relationship with uh, Coldest Life like way back, like when you first discovered them? You know, just seeing them whether it was live or just hearing the album. Uh, I mean, it was mythical. I was a kid from. Toronto, Canada, you know what I mean? Which wasn't a very scary place to grow up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like anything else. You just like, 
get lost in the world. Like, you know, you get my, my generation of people were really into reading the lyrics and just, you know, listening to the record and just taking in the whole vibe of the band and what it's about, you know, and it was just such a grim and bleak and scary record. But like, you know, it was like, it had a really harsh vibe to it too. So it just, it kind of like satisfied on a lot of different levels. And uh, I was lucky to see them a bunch of times in Detroit and Windsor and even in Toronto later on towards the end of the, that first run when Declination was out. And uh, it was always amazing. You know I mean? It was just awesome. It was just like the most legit, terrifying prison riot dudes in the audience, you know, it was just like intimidating on all levels, but like, not for the wrong reason, you know. What I mean, if you were cool, there's, there's there wasn't going to be a problem. But like, if you're a dickhead, then there was going to be some sort of problem. And uh, it was just cool, you know. It was, it was definitely uh, it just rules, you know. Separating the men from the boys, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you said one of your bands had play, played with them way back in the day. What year was that? When uh, I think it was Day of Morning. We played with uh, Cold Life in Windsor, in Windsor, Canada. I'm not sure how many times you guys came over. I think it might have been once or twice that you even crossed the border to play in Windsor. I remember it being a big deal. I got denied most of the time, but <laughs> yeah, over once or twice. I remember it being a huge deal. Like back then, and not just for Coldest Life, it was for a lot of bands. It was a huge deal. Like it was a crap. You didn't know if they were even going to get over the border. Yeah. So it was always like a crapshoot. There's like I have so many flyers for shows that didn't actually happen, or the, you know, a totally different show happened. Show, the show was amazing over there, though. Yeah. And then I remember you guys came over with Hatebreed and, and did a run of shows. And um, oh, that'd be a set to see, man. What year was that, you think? That would have been around when you were touring Declination. And uh, they were on uh, that endless, endless run. Of, that's when they were like just touring endlessly. I felt like it, I, it's such a blur. The Hatebreed timeline, when I think about it in my head, obviously it's like towards when Perseverance came out, but maybe I'm not, I can't remember if Perseverance had come out yet. I want to say it was before because I remember there was that three song demo floating around that had like three songs for Perseverance, but they were still touring hard on Satisfaction, and I just remember, I definitely remember that 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 tour coming through. It was, I remember Ottawa though. I don't remember. I'm not. I remember Cold as Life playing Toronto, but not with, not with Hatebreed. Maybe I don't know. Seems like I said, so many different versions of the same show happened where only some bands came and then a different time the other bands. It, it was it's such a blur. But uh, hey, hey, Dom, it's all a blur, ain't it? Yeah. Oh, it, it only gets worse, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all before my time. Like when I was telling you, Dom, I've never, I've never had the luxury to see a coldest life with uh, Jeff on the front, man. So you, know, you got to see some shit that a lot of people. In just a few years younger didn't get to see i mean it was definitely cool but like there's people i've seen way more cooler shit than i have so it's <laughs> like you know i'm only like one notch on that on that timeline you know but I, I'm, I'm i'm fortunate enough like i said to get to see have seen it and, and uh see a lot of stuff the flip cool side though is that i'm old last of this many like segments of it all you know yeah man it's kind of weird like you know especially getting into the older years now and then you know you see oh yeah well my dad you know turned me out of you you know yeah back in the day <laughs> is like, that the worst it's just like right. it's like oh shit bro. yeah <laughs> i mean, yeah. always wondered what it was like like at like a, a canadian hardcore show you know because you hear canadians are so nice and this and that you know what's the difference between a, a canadian show say a toronto and a detroit show like oh i could compare crowd 
Go. I went. Uh, I never got to see Cold as Life in Detroit, but I was at that infamous show at St. Andrews where, where Madball played with Earth Crisis and uh, that huge and Hatebreed. I think I can't remember if they played, but it was definitely Madball and Earth Crisis were on that show, and there was that huge, huge fight that broke out, and all the bouncers had locked themselves in the office, like the the security office. It was. That was my introduction to Detroit hardcore. That was me just being like, the bouncers ran away. You know, because yeah, in Toronto, you know, you get people that like danced or whatever. It was like it was cool, but it wasn't like you know, it wasn't a threatening environment the way right. it was to go to like a a cold city like that and just like literally see the security staff run for their lives in a pretty reputable venue. It wasn't like a little like squat. You know, it was like a pretty reputable club that bigger bands play. So that definitely left an impression on me, and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> but you know. It's like, you know, like it was like anything else. I, I, I had the luxury of seeing a lot of the scenes around the world. And, you know, it was just Canada was just your average. It was it was cool. You know, I mean, it was, it was just like anywhere else, really. There was no real standout quality about it. It was just people that liked the music and that were happy to be there, you know? For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, so what made you can go from Canada to the United States where. Were you always like a dual a citizen or did you just happen? To no, move? what ended up happening was uh, Dave Morning, the band that uh, did play that show with Cold as Life in Windsor, broke up on the eve of doing a full North American tour. And I was pissed off. I had this job. I worked for a Department of Public Works filling potholes. We just drive around and fill potholes all day. And I was like, just pissed, dude. And uh, Rick Healy, that uh, was in 25 to Life and Coming Correct at the time, back this would have been like 2000, 2001. They needed someone to go to Europe for a tour. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going on this Northam tour. Why not? You know what I mean? So I was like, I'll do it. And I just, you know, took a Greyhound to Baltimore with like $300 and a guitar and just like a backpack full of clothes. And that's all I had. And I never looked back, man. It was like a 20, 23 hour, 24 hour bus ride with all the stops. And I just got off that bus and did that tour. And then just kind of started doing my own bands from there and just started building shit you know what i mean i didn't want to go back i liked it here yeah <clears throat> i've never been to baltimore but it seems like a fun place good scene too man you know like yeah yeah definitely pretty hardcore out in baltimore it used to be a, it, it used to be pretty like grim detroit, it's, man. Not, it's a lot like a detroit roy you and i have talked about it on the phone where yeah it used to be a lot like detroit but it's definitely uh seen a lot more gentrification it's like uh yeah, they got big, helicopters listening to me flying everywhere like if you're having like a bonfire they'll be like over your head you know yeah it's wild <laughs> that was yeah. about five years ago so hey what band did zach oler play in from baltimore strong intentions probably yes yes yep. man yeah that's good dude right there man yeah, i remember he was probably responsible for bringing you guys out here a lot oh yeah a lot yeah, he did a lot of really pivotal shows in the 90s. That was before yeah, I moved here, right? Dude, I was aware of them. Very generous to us. He, he brought us out there. a few times. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, um, so what's next on your agenda with uh, since you got a cold as life in your grips, you putting out anything else or just it, right now? That's all we're focusing on. We're just working together on uh, just playing catch up. You know, what I mean, we want to make sure all the records get the white glove and uh, everything gets handled as, you know, it comes out as good as possible. And with COVID dude, shit takes so long. Everything is like, I used to, at one time, my record, no pun intended record, <laughs> but uh, I think I did 30 records in a year by myself. Like I used to run the label, you know, it's always just been me. And I, sometimes I get a buddy to help mail records and stuff like that. And 
So one year I cranked out 30 releases on my own. Just like it was ins- the most insane year. And now I'm like, with how slow everything takes to get a response and how long it takes to get records, I don't see it being possible to put out more than like two or three records a year tops. So for the next while, it's going to be just be like, uh, you know, Borderland Hard, then Declination, then the demos. And, you know, just see where it goes from there. Kind of just, I'm enjoying that I'm not in a rush and no one's in a, no one needs records for tour because there's no tour. It's just everything's chill, you know, it's all right. Yeah, man, lots of time to just focus on whatever you're doing at home. And I did have PTSD. I sent you guys a text. I'm not sure if you got it, but uh, I had all the merch for the for the t-shirt pre-orders. Yeah. When does the tour start? Yeah. <laughs> I got the anxiety from the day before where you're not packed up and all that shit's laid out. I'm just like, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it looks yeah. good, man. That's hilarious. I know I got me an order though, man. I jumped right on that shit as soon as oh. you said go. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they came out really, really nice. One thing I noticed, uh, that's what I got. A cool difference from the original is that uh, they, they, the ink is really vibrant and colorful, but it's a lot thinner, so it's uh, the shirt doesn't weigh like a million pounds when you wear it. It's very light. It's pretty cool, but it's still it's got like the full, full color. Good. But man, enough about me. Let's talk to these guys, dude. I'm here to listen. Oh yeah. Well, when we talked a little bit of history so far, we you know we just saw you discussed, you know, how they met and shit like that. Uh, a few of the shows and you know, went on from there and we got you. Um just wondering uh <clears throat> I don't mean you guys got any good memories of uh what's your favorite show at St. Andrews? You have how many times you guys played at St. Andrews? I know that was a hot spot. I, I would say it was uh, Jay Buck Memorial Show. Oh, we had we had a show. friend that was yeah. kicked to death in uh, Atlanta, as well. and uh, he was a young kid. He was a professional skateboarder, and he was killed in Atlanta. And we did a benefit show for him at St. Andrews Hall with with nothing but Detroit bands, and that was that was a good time. Yeah, man. Bad, was, you know, tragic, you know what I mean. But say with the Steve Crash Show as well. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge one as he well. Was, Fucking murdered outside Harpo's, right? That guy, yeah, yeah. Yes. carjacked after a show or something like yeah. that. Yeah. After a Motorhead and Speedball show, yeah. know what it was? Yeah. yeah, I just remember hearing about it. I'm yeah, that was a great band. That's that's like one of the bands that I don't think got the recognition of what they were. It was the Feisties? None of that. I think a lot of big bands that are out there kind of stole some of the shit from them, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, the guitar neck's only this long, man. Every, yeah. every song ever fucking written is in a in a in an area about yeah. two foot long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, best form of flattery, or uh, yeah, best form of flattery is plagiarism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. That's fucking true. Shit. But no, great band, great guys too. Did you guys ever play at Harpos? You no. play at Harpos? Yeah, you ever play at Harpos? I don't think Carlos Life you know. has ever played Harpos though. That's a bigger capacity, but every time like Hatebreed came through, like that seemed like that was one of their favorite spots was to I play. That bar, dude. And fucking Harpo's. Yeah, that place because of that Steve Crash. Oh, it's well, so not that. I mean, that bar such hey, a I got a good Harpo dude. story, man. It was you, me, and you were there. We were we, Slayer was playing, and we were on stage hanging out while they were playing. And you were you were like, watch this, and you tried to do a stage dive, right? Well, the the <laughs> barricades fucking 12 feet from the stage <laughs> and he landed teetering and the, everybody knows the Harpo staff are fucking brutal on the door where they open the doors with people's heads they're brutal there that was right before we went to europe yeah that was, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, this, that. this motherfucker yeah. tries to do a stage dive and teeters on the barricade 
So I'm in the crowd yanking them, trying to get them safe. And the bouncers were, were it's a tug of war. They want to kill them and I want to save them. We'll get him in the crowd and he ducks down and he pulls out a lighter out of his pocket. He's like, watch this. It's just a little fucking lighter. And he whips it and it fucking cracks this bouncer right in the fucking nose. Bridge his nose and splits his face. And they had this little code they did with flashlights on the ceiling. So he's hitting them. And all of a sudden there's fucking 40 off-duty cop they're all they're all off-duty yeah. cops and thugs i was in the gangsters. middle of like 20 people wanting to kill me dude yeah, put yeah. it that way i got out of it with like a broken collarbone we got to yeah. go to europe in like the next week yeah and like so i yeah, grabbed i, I grabbed he played drums yeah, but if they would have got me outside man they would have definitely they killed, killed you yeah they would have i grabbed we, i grabbed them and we ducked down yeah. and we fucking on our hands and knees <laughs> did the fucking worm through the crowd yeah. and got away yeah yeah man the first time i was ever at harpo's like i was probably like 16 or 17 it was a hate breed and agnostic front played as one of the when hate breed was bigger like i said uh, the perseverance is already out and shit but that's the first time like i was ever like sort of nervous about parking like in a parking lot which everybody harassing you outside well, that's the place they rob you. Well, that's, that's when they rob they, you they, they, they know have... you can't go in there with no weapons so they know you're unarmed and they'll just come up and fuck you up that neighborhood has nothing that's to fuck around scary, with still man. to the day they work they work with people in the parking lot yeah, so they, they they park you and then they fucking have guys mm. shoot in and rob you yeah yeah that's actually how i steal your cars yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's the first time my wife had her start cars stolen there I, uh, I got almost choked out <clears throat> at Harpo's. My brother, my older brother, he did like 30 years in prison. He was out one of them odd times he was out. And uh, we were drinking. They had like quarter pitcher night. And he's like, you could spend a dollar and have four pitchers of beer in you. And he was whipping them from 100 yards away at the stage. <laughs> and I thought it looked fun. And I went to go whip <laughs> one. And all of a sudden, I'm on my tippy toes. And this bouncer's got me in a, a fucking chokehold. And I can't do anything. This guy's arms, this fucking big <laughs> I'm doing everything I can. And it's everything's going dark. And right before I hit the door, I wake up on the ground. Outside. The doors, the door, yeah, <laughs> the doors are shut. Thank God I still have my scalp. Put it this way. Anytime you go to Harpo's, look out for a bad time. It's always going to happen. Yeah. There ain't never been a time there where nothing fucked up ain't happened. Yeah, yeah, like well, still to this day, like you can go to any smaller venue, and you know, you like, can't smoke inside. But like I said last time, uh, Hatebreed played at Harpo's. Uh, 2019 was with uh, Cro-Mags and Terror and uh, fucking Obituary Man. But it's like it's still like 1992 in there. Everyone's just fucking smoking weed and fighting and just acting crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a good time there. <laughs> you know, if you want to get in some trouble, <clears throat> you just got to walk into Harpo's. Yeah, you know. It's, uh... You better come stack with some people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you went on the main floor because it can fit, you know, what, four or 500 people on the main floor. Then there's like a little balcony there. And it's. I think they could put two probably 5,000 in the whole building, probably. Yeah, you have that main floor. And it's like eight feet from the stage. So. So they don't even allow stage diving, but when people fucking get up there, man, like you're risking your breaking your neck or something. And people love to do it. He did. <laughs> at Harbo's, man. No, at St. Andrews, I'd stage dive off the balcony. At the balcony there. Oh, yeah, I've seen that so many times. Hey, that Ratbones Pitwear shirt, that new shirt that he's got out, 
of that oh, skeleton stick yeah, figure jumping yeah. up. That's based off that St. Andrews Hall. He used to dump off the balcony. Yeah, there is oh, actually was, a picture yeah, of him doing it. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. It's hilarious. That's, real. that's based yeah. off of a, a, a real. Well, he used to sneak himself in there because he wasn't allowed in any bar ever, right? So, like, he would come up in wigs and shit like that. And they would know, no, you're not getting in here, Rappos. Hey, gorillas, gorilla suits. So they'd have like bed sheets tied or tablecloths, whatever to grab, and they'd get them up in the St. Andrews window up at the top floor, you know. Then yeah. they come running down. Yeah. I'll just see him kick him out. Yeah, we used to tie sheets yeah, together and just, pull yeah. him up through the fucking window just so he could see fucking Gorilla Biscuits yeah. or just so he could see fucking Chrome. He'd come in disguises too. It was funny. Yeah. He yeah. wore gorilla suits, <laughs> full on fucking gorilla suits to hardcore yeah. shows just because so he could get in. <laughs> yeah. His awesome. face was, I love could be seen. Yeah, he's one of a kind, man. There ain't nobody like that guy ever. Yeah, I still talk to him. So do I. I've talked to him not too long ago. I don't know. I changed my phone number. So, bit of conversation with him, man. You know, I seen him on that little uh, coldest life, like three, four minute fucking trailer they had that one time. They're gonna do that documentary of him uh, mentioning uh, uh, Ron Beauty. I must have did something to somebody. He said his jaw was hanging off his face. (laughs) Just like you know, when you go back to like. Well, him and Rambo Rambo's were friends for a while, you know, and they were, you know, they were both nutty, you know what I mean? I'm, you know. And they live together? It's crazy that Rambo's is like, I mean, he was a nutty bastard, that guy. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool, you know, he's got his kid now, and like, you know, he's, I love Rambo's. Yeah. Stella. Well, he's on Instagram, he's Stella. always uh, selling like merch and stuff, you know, he always has some, yeah. he's got his some own random little, shit, a little, little distro. Yeah, he's, he's always doing something, man, always. Good. Yeah, well, you know, keeping it. He's a survivor, man. That guy could survive through anything. He could survive through a nuclear war, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, living in New York, so seriously, still no. living there. Well, man. they don't call him rap bones for a reason, bro. That guy could literally like live like like nobody else. Damn, he's awesome. You give him credit for that. Yeah, I'm gonna talk a little about about Hate Inc., man. Uh, the only. I've seen hating quite a few times and I tell a story about that's not the only band that I've ever seen live where the singer punched me in the head. <laughs> the bees like punch you in the Yeah, head? yeah, yeah. Man is moshing at the uh yeah, the yeah, wow, twenty five hundred club. You know, you played there quite a few times, twenty five hundred club. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh Danny used to uh Guy, yeah. <laughs> I must have just gotten you too close to him. I was a little excited to see you guys, really? and so, oh, too close as fuck all those rings. You know, how the, those guys got the rings on their hands, man. Yeah, Tom's, I don't know, he's one of my best friends too, man. Doing good, yeah, you know, he's good. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. doing great. He's a genius when it comes to all that shit, right? And all that stuff. He's so whacked out that it's like almost crazy, you know. And, yeah, some of the lyrics are fucking pretty. I guess intense. I must be a little crazy too in order to get it. So in order to play the drums to it. So yeah. Or him to play the guitar to it. Yeah. You know, were you writing the riffs from like the beginning of like Hey Anchor? I wrote I think I wrote maybe one Hey Ink song on the yard. Yeah, most of okay. ironically. Okay. <laughs> we just had to, just had to Tom, match it. Tom's a director. He likes to tell you exactly how he's got it in his head. So and he does a good job of it. And yeah, I mean that. Clockwork Music, all those albums, fucking amazing albums. Yeah, but, you know, Eternal World of Balance. Their own little thing to it, but you know, they're all good, regardless of the lineup. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there's been quite a few, and uh, last time I think I seen them was at Twenty Five Hundred Club with Hoods played. I don't know if you guys were even in 
in the band at the time. I don't mean this is still like 2006, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, played with fucking Mikey Hood. I want to talk to him too, man. You guys have a relationship with him? Yeah, I'm Mikey. Mike. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. I've seen. Yeah, yeah. you guys played played the Modern Exchange with him. Yeah. Uh, remember that place? That was it's in the middle of like a suburb, like a white suburb. Dom, this place called the Modern Exchange in Southgate, Michigan. Like, like it's on a main road, but it's nothing but like uh, like three like three bedroom ranches nearby, and just like the shit that used to go down there, like in the parking lot, just just chaos. <laughs> that was a weird place. It wasn't the owner would just, just like he would walk around it was with a like cool a, place i got the whole concept of it all they, they had it all hooked up there pretty badass yeah. i would agree you know and, and and everybody that owned the place or whoever it was they were all cool too though. yeah and he was just yeah. so like insecure of something happening he would walk around with like a fire hydrant like full of mace it was like an 18 inch fucking thing with a big hose and i don't know how many times he let that thing go just to clear it out like so whether it's like a tyrant scent or, or a tyrant set we had some scary. crazy bands come through there though. They had uh, um, what was it thirteen? Uh, bad luck. Bad luck. Thirteen, 13 came through there. The riot, you, know, I mean, you had some crazy shit going on there. There were people like throwing, literally like a guy dumped a bucket of like chains and axes and knives and whatever the fuck it was. Dude, literally out on the middle of the floor before the show started, yeah. and, like started going crazy. And, like people picking up this shit. And, oh yeah, swinging it around. And I was like, what yeah, the like fuck? uh. They have a fluorescent light bulbs. You ever seen them, Dom? I'm sure you've been to a bad luck show. Yeah. I'm worried about people like, damn, somebody's gonna get hurt at this show. You know, you do something like it, that. It's the stuff of urban legend around here. But I, I had seen them, and uh, it was one of the more timid shows where uh, it didn't quite live up to stuff I've seen on the internet or heard about. But uh, I have, I have seen them, and I'm familiar with their records, but I've only heard about like. Listen, yeah, man, this guy yeah. was hanging from meat hooks and shit. They were swinging this fucking guy around. He was, he was like, meat hooked in his back and his legs and shit. And they were swinging him around the fucking circle in the fucking pit, dude. Like they yeah, they were, uh, there was a band show going on, dude. We had a band in Canada called Haymaker that uh, had a pretty rowdy thing like that. The only uh, good, the good show stories I have is a. Uh, is tyrant, you know, seeing them live. They used to have a game of where they throw out a they throw out a football like a tennis ball, and they call it murder ball. And uh, during one of their last songs, they would say, "Whoever ends up with this ball at the end of the song gets a free shirt and a CD, you know, like of your choice." And it was like just all out war, like just to get your hands on a Nerf ball at the end of the song. And people would be like jumping off the stage and just, you know, it's like elbows and pushing you and slamming India, and and you know, there's so many times just like blood and you know ears ripped off and just just for a t-shirt man so just go that, band, that band haymaker i mentioned uh, until 2011 i think that the stretch might have been from 2005 to 11 none of their shows went past three minutes before it got shut down that was like their thing it would just literally be like rip out Hell rip yeah. out the fluorescent lights they rip didn't out get everything paid and like you know they're probably going on the next tour that's great yeah awesome my kind of show <laughs> yeah. but uh, i think i was the first person to get them to play a full set or no we played one of my bands pulling teeth played a show with them where they actually finally played a full set and then it became more commonplace people actually got to hear the songs and not worry about traveling across the country to watch a band play for like a minute and a half before things get shut down you know yeah, that's always an interesting thing like we know bands coming you know to town and you know the reputation is is how fast can it be shut down you know like uh <clears throat> 
Well, that sucks though. I mean, I yeah. mean, because generally we want to play, man. Hell we yeah. practice hard. We yeah. work hard. All this. Yeah, then you're you know, touring, and then you can't play. You know, that you know, sucks. That you, you know, and that was all fun and games back then. You know, but still, at the end of the day, you need to get paid to move out of the next show. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, when shit breaks out, believe me, your ass ain't getting paid shit, dude. And then you're knuckling to the next show, and your fucking motor might blow out, and then you'll be stuck in Scranton, Pennsylvania, somewhere, fucking retarded, <laughs> and then you can't get the fuck out, and then you know. Yeah, you're selling T-shirts on the side of the road. Fuck, any fun uh, breakdown stories or anything on tour with Cold as Life? You guys ever get stuck in in Scranton, Pennsylvania? That's it. <laughs> you know, you mentioned <laughs> where you uh, <clears throat> coming from? Tour from New York or just yeah, we were just on tour and the van broke down and shit. We were stuck at this kid named Stacy's house, which was a guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, dude. You know, his mom and dad, Johnny's drinking coffee with them and like like was banging at the neighbor's door because we left them in the van. Some cool stuff. Yeah, we're stuck there for a few days with a blown head gasket. Remember that, Joe? Yeah, yeah. In that van? Yeah. We toured miles in this van and and we had no money, man. We were literally broke. We, 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 the show we played the night before, probably in front of three people, you know, or some shit. That's a treat, though. Fucking yeah. yeah, it was terrible. But we made it out. Yeah. And yeah, we definitely had to sell t shirts. And we were just walking down the street and all these, uh, Mexican people, we didn't even know what the hell they were saying, but they were working on this badass hot ride down the street. Like, hey, man, can you fix our car? We'll give you t shirts. And, you know, <laughs> we raised, you know, like, 20 bucks or something. I don't know, 100 bucks. But yeah, we got home. They fixed that shit. They had the whole van tour apart. It was crazy. <laughs> shit. One thing I wanted to go back to is you guys, when you first went on tour or whatever, when you left the state and you went to like a, a New York City for the first time and like playing CBGB, you said it was one of your favorite show of all time, oh, if not absolutely. the best. Oh, like, the uh, best who'd you guys play with? Do you remember? Uh, Just, uh, Agnostic Front, Warzone. Demise, Madball, and uh, uh, Rejuvenate. Yep. Uh, I think that was it. Me either. What the fuck? Yeah, it's something. It was a good. Yeah, it, it was the best show ever. And it was packed. Album, asked elbow, and yeah, there was three hundred people waiting to get in. So how old do you think Freddie was at that time? Freddie he Madball. He just like a just a young teenager. Madball is already barely a teenager, man. <laughs> But lucky him. I mean, you know, growing up, you know, hard, he but. He hated it. He fucking hated that shit. He used to get yeah. mad at Roger and all his friends. All he wanted to do was play video games. They call him Madball because the fucking kid was bouncing off all the walls. Yeah, he hated one th- all of us. There's one thing I never knew is why is Madball called fucking Madball? Because yeah, he bounced off the fucking walls all the time. <laughs> That's what Vinny told us all the time. <laughs> oh, he was going crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I couldn't admit. I'm excited, man. We got some good footage of like that. I was supposed to send it to Vinny a few times, man. I never did. I, you know, I don't know. And I'm sorry, Vinny, but yeah, we got some good fit, footage of uh, when they took us out, you know, down there where Vinny lived. And, you live in the uh, east side. Yeah. Little you know, we had uh, pictures of his boy up on the roof with flying naked kites of girls. And he was <laughs> all, he had his pigeon coop and shit. We went over there and like met all the pigeons and. Yeah, that's all on video. About, that he was about yeah, years old. Man. Yeah, his yeah. His name is Polly, I think. Where, yeah, yeah. Polly Pigeon. Yeah, that's where yeah, his barbecue on the street, yeah. drinking beer. All kinds of people are there. It's like 
40 of us, maybe 30 of us. Uh, and uh, this old cat in the neighboring high rise is flying a kite, getting it over to us, feeding it over to us. Right. And he's got like centerfolds like, taped to this fucking <laughs> yeah, kite. Awesome. Oh, fuck? and he flies it <laughs> over to us and we get it close enough to see it. And we're like, ah. And look, he's he's over there on another roof waving at us, yeah, flying pigeons cool. around the yeah, city. Yeah, then Betty took us over there. He took us through all the uh, the monasteries and things that was going on over there. And yeah, Benny was the king. That like he'd walk through the neighborhood. He was he was the man. Yes, yeah. he's, he's so cool. Yeah, awesome. I mean, even now, last time yeah. uh, they were here, he's fucking just as crazy as ever, you know. But I I couldn't imagine it back. You know, I mean, that guy is like late what, 80s, 15 years, 20 years older than we are. Like, that guy's like godfather of amazing. hardcore, right? That, he looks better than we do. He's, he's a good looking yeah, guy. He's, he's older than us, but I wouldn't put 20 years on <laughs> no, him. No, I don't want to, I don't want to overestimate it, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, he's definitely older, but no, but he's the man. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. he's I mean, the best. I know they've been here fucking three, four times by now. It's the last time they were here, like September of 2019. They came with a uh, prong. It was the uh, victim in pain uh anniversary tour and missed it yeah yeah it was in september of 2019 so like just before all the shit happened well, it seems like a long time ago doesn't it dumb 2019 like <laughs> it's definitely uh last show a lifetime ago i remember seeing madball on set it off tour and uh that's how I discovered them. I had gone to see bands because I'd seen Biohazard and there's a couple of bands that opened for Biohazard were playing in Toronto and I went to go check it out and this band Madball was playing that I didn't know anything about. I came from the metal world. So it was like, you know, that was kind of like my induction. And you got to imagine what it's like to be somebody that's completely clueless to the whole like mythology and see everyone going apeshit about this dude with a mustache that's not really playing guitar, but they yell his name and he just stops in the middle of the song and waves at everybody and then, like, would continue. That was, like, some mind-blowing shit. And then, like, you know, to go back and do the homework and appreciate whoa, the whole the whole thing behind it was a whole other level. But my first impression was just, like, this is the most bizarre fucking thing <laughs> I can imagine seeing right now. It was cool. Definitely yeah. made an impression. And they were, like, honestly, that's still, like, a top set i've seen of all time in my life was seeing madball and like when they were touring set it off when they were just like just super super young and gnarly and just such like, a high caliber hey, that was man, with man. willie Shepler on drums. Oh, yeah. one of my favorite hardcore drummers yeah, ever like, that, line, that madball lineup was top notch hey, no, that, that af lineup was top notch yes voice and all that other yeah. shit yeah, yeah. That's that's top notch musicians right there that's dude. when you af know? released yeah. that one voice record uh, man and that fucking musicianship on those records were great man uh, Will Shepler and Matt Henderson was just such a lethal combo, dude. They were just they, excellent they, together, you know. Yeah, really great guys. I still guys talk too. to Maddie every now and then. Hey, uh, Dom, I got a. Uh, I'm. Not, we're not going to do it now, but I got a story about stigma with the whole. I, I'll tell oh, you. Oh, nice. Remind, <laughs> me, remind me, dude, because I got to. I will. <laughs> I, mean, I just thought it was cool. Last time I seen him, I was. I had my phone. I was recording him like a dork, and he just waved right to me. Did a little pose, Vinny. Hey, <laughs> so I just going. remember being the extra weird. Was, me and Jeff got together when we were kids. Like, wouldn't it be great to jam with AF one day, dude? And, like, we got to jam with AF. That's and, fucking and, great. It was amazing, you know? Because they were our idols, you know? They have negative approach, mm -hmm. and, you know? All the good ones. Warzone, of course. You know? Yeah. Bad brains. Hey, you remember when Rabies, uh, we we played at the stick and we, you know, we took everybody to the train station. They're like, fuck, no, uh, we're not going. 
Fuck no, we're not going. It's already closed. I'm assuming. Yeah. Listen, man. We, we would take. <laughs> we would. Yeah, we would have bands come come and we be like, yeah, our club we got we got shit, this man. big. We got oh this my big god. Gun. <laughs> just bring it back. Just bring a backpack with sleeping bag. You're uh. you're straight. Come with us. And then we bring them to the fucking abandoned train station. But they are they were hip. They're like, fuck no, we're not coming. Yeah. He's like 25 stories, Dom. Old ass train station where you can't even go like into the basement because it's let's just flood it out and then you go up and it's like the rickety scariest stairs. I don't these maniacs. I went there and went up two floors when I was like 17 and said, No, I'm not going up. They're playing on the roof, I'm sure. On the roof there every year. That was beautiful, man. I got my collar broke by the cops there. He's probably one one night. You guys got a cop fucking smashed me with a flashlight and the collarbone and broke it. We took all those photos down there. All those photos that are going to be on the album and all that shit down there at that train station. Okay. So. Is there a photo on the internet of that one where everyone's standing like up on the dock? Yeah, all the everybody with the yeah, pit that, bulls and all yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. infamous photo. Absolutely. A big old I think it's like one of the coolest like, Still shaved head. How photos ever. It was awesome. What year was that? I, I, <laughs> I don't man well there's like 50 pictures no, on the internet was, uh, and I've seen them all a thousand like times. That's all I know. Six, I would say. Bob El- Rob Alford? Yeah, 95, 96. Yep, 97 maybe. Right around there. I was 10 years old. So, <laughs> you know, I was just listening to fucking... I don't even know what I was listening to. No, he to. took some great photos there. So, so what I find is cool, though, is that at some point during the Coldest Life era, Jay Navarro from the Suicide Machines was in the band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you got on a guitar or bl- bass. the bass? Yeah. Bass. Yeah. I love that band. That's one of one of the first like punk bands. I never even I never e- even knew from Detroit before I knew what hardcore was. So, you know, that band to me is he's something special and yeah, I'm gonna talk to him eventually. Run, but yeah, he was part of it. Yeah. So how many members do you think has been in the band all together? Do you have any count? <laughs> That's a silly question. <laughs> well well, uh, well that can be a debate. Who had more members? Uh integrity or Cold as life because I know a lot of people have been in that band. I, I think Integrity might have you guys licked, but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a long list. But I mean, it's just how yeah, that's the nature of the beast, man. It, I mean, obviously for this many years, I mean, it's hard to you know mm-hmm. you're gonna go through all those members, you know, and don't think all the bigger bands ain't with all these fucking members too, dude. You know, it's oh, hard yeah. to get it all figured out. It's hard to you know compromise with everybody, and and you got to remember too, tough business, man. Mm-hmm. Same five guys are going to make the same record. Over, you got to have new people come and go. Otherwise, it's going to be the same thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, I, I like, I'm okay with change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know it's reference that I just, record. I just but then again, it, you, you know, know, at the end of the day, right is right, you know, and wrong is wrong. And, you know, like a lot of things have been done wrong, and you know, and things are getting ready to be done right. So, you know, and you can see that just how they're happening because things are happening right, right now. And, you know, me and Jeff are meant to be together. And me and Jeff are meant to do this. And we're, we're, we're meant to cement our legacy into all this shit because we fucking did all this fucking legacy and all this shit, you know? And we deserve this. And, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I thank you, Dom, for fucking coming through on all this and, and making all this happen, too. You know? Dude, There's honor and a privilege, man. This, you know? Yeah, and, it. It, you know? To hear Call This Life on Vinyl, that, that's been my only like wish for a long time. Man. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds great, and I'm totally stoked. And I liked uh, how you kept sliding it into your your Christmas pictures in the background. I saw on the Instagram where it was just like oh, yeah. casually under the tree or <laughs> casually like on the mantle. It was a nice yeah. touch. Well, I got to donate one of them, you know, to, to my buddy Crafty's, uh, you know, son. He's going through some hard shit, and yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, 
And yeah, it was great, man. Yeah. Everything worked out great there, and it was good to offer that. But uh, yeah, I can't wait till the whole thing comes out, though. I'm excited. Okay, now that I got now I got you guys both cornered. Me and this dude Gabriel, the guy who won the test press, actually. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, we're on a on a bender trying to sort out the coldest life demo timeline. Do you guys remember all the demos as far as when they came out and what was what? Because it is such a poor Jeff. I see I'm like, man, I'm just trying to like uh I'm that's why pull I brought it together for you. I I'm just, you know, I'm I'm trying to pull things out of the attic. I've moved like like three times in the last year or two. So like my shit's scattered everywhere and I'm trying to get it all back together now. And no, it's cool. But he, he was definitely uh vehement about this one demo being a bootleg, the one that had Jay Navarro on. Was Jay Navarro ever on one of the demos? Is that it's a legit possible. demo that he played on? It's possible. possible. You know, it's possible. I, we don't even know, dude. We, I mean, we I all could, I could ask stuff, him, but know, so. he would know better than me. I only know of one comment ever being made, and it was on YouTube. Somebody said that he was in the band at the time. I think when you were on guitar and singing along with whoever else was singing, you guys were taking turns on J-way. yeah, on that album. I'm not exactly sure. He might it, have been in '95, maybe. Was he maybe. on guitar or bass? You have no. He was on Jay base. Was on base. Yeah, yeah, he was always on base. But yeah. dude, he he was a very very short stint. Dude, he was like maybe a show or two. Yeah. And okay. I think he stole Ron's microphone and it pissed Ron off, and Ron was like all upset about it, and and like I don't know. And, and Jay came to play a show with like a public enemy shirt on or some shirt. <laughs> and like Ron was telling him to change his shirt, he wouldn't change his shirt. So like they had differences. Like, but it didn't last too long with Jay. But you know, Jay's cool, man. And Jay's you know, we've known him a cool. long time, man. He's yeah. a very talented guy. And you know, yeah, this band, um, you know, they and he a keeps lot it of, real, man. Successful shit, you yeah. know. So, yeah, all Especially props to Suicide him, Machines. They were on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater hey, game. Doesn't get bigger than that. Don't fuck around, you know. They had some good musicians in their band. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I mean. So we covered most of it, like we said, and now we're just looking forward to whatever's coming out with you, Dom. Uh, is there is there a set date on when this is going to be, you know, available to people? I'm told, and don't hold me to this. I've talked to the plant yesterday, and uh, actually, I got some real cool stuff to tell you guys about color vinyl and stuff that we could talk about after the weekend. But uh, I mean, we have the test. The tester approved. The layouts in, and they're like. It could be anywhere between now and June before the records are out, just because of how long it takes. So, you know. Right, yeah. I'm well, trying not to pre-order it and make it something where it's going to pre-order and people are going to be waiting six months for it and harassing me, asking me where it is, and then add the USPS mess. Up. I sent these dudes their test presses like two-day. And this was like my first interaction with these guys where I'm like, you know, trying to make a good impression. So I, you know, overnight these test presses to them. And it took like almost a month to get there. It was crazy. They, they, they picked them up from my house and they scanned them with delivered instead of pickup. So the tracking was just useless. And every day or two, I'm like, so did they arrive? And I just felt like a total like idiot, right? Because I'm just like, you know, <laughs> making a bad impression on this. And thankfully, they, they showed up, you know, and it's just like multiply that by like a thousand records that all those people being like, where the fuck's my record? And I'm just trying, you know, hopefully everything will just right. eat itself out by the time yeah. it's available. And uh, I like the idea of people not having to, not having to wait long before it comes out, you know. Yeah, it's probably better to wait because it seems like 
you see on the news how there's like 20, 30 trucks outside the USPS, you know, uh, local spots these days where like people still haven't even got their Christmas cards and all that. So it's so wild. trying to send out you know, albums and, and even merch at that, you know, that's, that seems like you got most of it. So it's got to be shipped out, huh? Yeah. I actually picked up everything. Uh, I picked up everything yesterday from the UPS station and they left two boxes off the shipment and I had to drive all the way back into the city and get those last two boxes today. And, uh, Got, I got everything that we're squared away. So I'm taking a couple of days off and then uh, I made some free stickers to throw in there for a three, nine, the coldest life ones. Just get people excited. And, you know, and once the, uh, the plan is once everything's licked and sealed and it's in production and there's nothing else we can do about it, then we'll start working on declination and, and the Ron demos. You know what I mean? That way it's a, it's a steady, yeah, it may be six months apart, but at least, you know, they'll all be in the system ready to go. And like, hopefully you know. the clothing line as well, man, because that's going to do a big part of it as well. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be worth it. Everyone's going to be, it's going to, I'm so glad that it's being done. Yeah. Well, I mean, people all over, you know, all over the globe pretty much are, are up for it, man. They want the, they want the merch. Uh, they want the, uh, the uh, pressings of the demos and everything. Yeah. So, it's one of those bands where yeah, Jeff, Jeff was showing me stuff on eBay, and it was just like these shirts are going for like a hundred dollars. We should remake them and just sell them. Mm-hmm. We sold them for like a normal price, and you know we sold like a ton of them. Like people were so excited to just be able to get actually get one. You know what I mean? Let alone yeah. for like over a hundred dollars a pop. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, Dom. When I got out of prison, uh, and we started talking, there was a few people that were wanting to do vinyl, and uh, one of the reasons. I gravitated towards you and I, I talked to Roy and we came to you and decided to go with you is because you didn't want to cheapen anything further because cold as life is, you know, good or bad, you know, and ugly, all that we've, we've seen it all and it's been cheapened over the years, but that Absolutely. was one of the reasons that we decided to go with you. And since that very first conversation, it's been nothing but stellar and i'm yeah, so I appreciate be, that to be working with you man you've done nothing but everything that we wanted and needed this to be and uh it means a lot man thank you guys it's like uh i always talk that's that's you know that was always the missing link for you guys was just like just having the right team behind you of, of people like that can, I 100 agree. You just said it right there, hey, dude. The, and we the got team, the right team right now. We're making this shit happen, and you see matters. how easy it's happening because we're not really hard people to work with, man. It is very easy, and it's all right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like this shit's trying to be built from something. This shit's already been there. It just needs to be really documented and really put out there in a way that it's always meant to fucking be. You know, without all the bullshit. Involved, yeah. You know, and and we're very thankful for you doing it. Thank you. It's my pleasure. You guys yeah. talk about you guys been how you guys been jamming a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we've been jamming, man. Yeah, the team matters though, and yeah. I agree with yeah. Roy, bro. And I'm I'm glad to have you in our corner, man. Dude, I love it. It's 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 the best, man. It, it, it's awesome too. Just like uh, you guys are like the white whale. You know what I mean? I was just like, how the fuck did you pull that off? I'm just like, it just happened, dude. It just worked, you know. And thankfully, like, just working with other bands, like you know, everyone from Demons to integrity to i hate god to just everybody you know what i mean it's just, i've never really had a bad experience with everybody because i kind of treat everybody and everything the same way you know i want the record to be 
a record I would want to buy, not a record that I just want to like throw out uh, there and, and cash out. Much, and you pretty much do that every time, man. So that's why. Thank you. Know, you, 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 you Dom, literally from the people you have remastering, go, go ahead and mention some of yeah. the people that this. Yeah, we have Brad, right. Brad Boatwright, who does Audio Siege. He's probably mastered most of the popular heavy music records of the last 10 years. Remastered Borderland is Hard. Does it sound? Bleh, sorry, I'm starting. He remastered Borderland Hard and it sounds amazing. We're able to totally go in and uh, I always thought it sounded like a little uh, high endy, like the mix was real hot and like it, it was just real high endy. So he evened it out. So it's got a little more meat to it. It's still got, you know, everything's there, but it's just a little more pleasing to the ears. We definitely tried to make sure, you know, it's just a better experience. And then uh, Dwid from Integrity, my bandmate, um, took care of the layout and we managed to get really good, clean imagery. And uh, Jeff and Roy sent a lot of the original photography over, so we were able to scan everything. Actually, uh, I have a pretty good story, because a lot of people are like, a lot of people were miffed when I did the 100 Demons record that I changed the cover a little bit. But what they don't know is the picture on the 100 Demons LP is the original photo that Bruce LePage took, like that, that cross thing, right? So I thought it'd be cool to use the original photo. I thought that was a neat twist, but they're like, nah, you should have kept that pixelated logo and, you know, 1990s photoshop cover i'm like nah dude and he's like well i hope you don't do the same thing that the coldest life record and dude you're gonna like this this is a good story but uh i ended up you know goofing on this dude he's a buddy of mine and i told him the baby from the coldest life record on the cover that he's been located now in 2020 and his name's randall <laughs> and uh <laughs> we were gonna have a thing where like we were gonna get him to get in the fetal position like he is on the cover and like <laughs> making like a hologram where it goes back and forth between the baby and him now. Hey, Doc, <laughs> that's great, we might man. have to pay that motherfucker some royalties. Hold on, <laughs> out of there. hold on. <laughs> I had him going for a minute before it sunk in. There'll be like eight hundred guys out there. Yeah, that's hey. me. I'm Randall. That's a good. That's a good one, Doc. Oh, that's fun. I like it. I, like it. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. That's great. Good old Randall. Hope he's doing well. Uh, so you guys been jamming? What are you jamming? Playing guitar. Playing guitar, yeah, hell yeah. We're just knocking the dust off, yeah, man. I mean, around. you know, it's been a while since me and Jazz been done anything, you know. So, you know, but the, but the communications there, and you know, the brain waves are there, and yeah, man, it's getting back in the field. We got Tom it. around, we got yeah, his crazy fine. ass, so he comes up with all the crazy shit, and you know, it's going around good, man. Good, it's. We don't know what it's going to be. We don't know what it is. We don't know anything. It's hanging just, out, it's enjoying it's each It's just other. the final step of just finally getting together and doing it, you know. So. Yeah, that's exciting, you know, beyond, like beyond everything, you know, all the years and years of ups and downs and whatever feels that, good. you know, it comes full circle once again. And it feels good to have my friend back. And, you know, yeah, it just feels good, you know, and we all got our families going on and just, you know, we, we got a lot of good things going on for us, man. And we're very happy about all that. Yeah, that's a cool thing, too, for my end, seeing you guys be friends again and like just seeing like just everything getting set right. You know what I mean? Seeing you guys controlling the band and other people aren't yeah, just absolutely. the right dudes yeah, in the right place. You know what I mean, I remember just posting that picture of you guys hanging out, and the internet like went crazy, dude. They were just like, "Oh my god, they're hanging out! This is amazing!" You know, and everyone was just so happy. Why should that be, man? We were best friends our whole lives, man. You know, we, we were we were beefing done, for a long you know, time, and it was public, man. Yeah. So it, yeah, I'm, but they got a guy. You know, I'm, we've done cool shit with each other as well you know what i mean i mean amazing things with each other and it, it, it's never been right without each other and that's what the problem is you know and we just kind of got off the fucking beaten path on you know on certain things but now we're together it's great 
and I feel great. You know? well, I love this man. This man's been through a lot, and I've been through a lot, and you know, the the whole fucking legacy's been through a lot. You know what I mean? Well, what it is. So here we are now, and that, and that just you know, I want to pass that on to other people. You know, sometimes you just you know fucking swallow your pride and shut the fuck up and just do the right thing. You know. And this was the right thing to do, and everybody knew it, and here we are. It was great. <laughs> My man, I love you, Jeff. Love you, bro. Yeah. Hey, man, it's like good to see, you know. Everybody will be happy to see it, uh, you know, with you guys to the Detroit scene and the whole hardcore scene in general has played such a big role for in quite a long time. And, like, I can say along with thousands of other people that <clears throat> I don't think they would have thought this day would have came sitting here talking shit you know talking about uh re-releasing another album and you know just looking forward to what could possibly come next after the whole pandemic bullshit's over with and well, something's coming i don't know what it's gonna be yeah. but something's coming we got some badass equipment now dude you guys got stacks and, like it's very exciting we never had that before and <laughs> great shit so i can't imagine what we're gonna make now with the shit we got now we but, got some bones you know, uh, maybe no, that's just a lot of history and just a lot of you know battle roots and everything you know so yeah but besides that we got some bones and some good yeah. songs already man absolutely it's it, something's gonna something's gonna happen i don't know what it's gonna be but something's gonna happen it's gonna yeah. be magical it's gonna be great <laughs> you were you able to put down any good lyrics while you had all that time nah, to yourself no no you were right none <laughs> Take i definitely thought that was gonna be it i definitely That's thought it. the lyrics were gonna be like you must have had tons of stuff backed up from well, I wrote, I got a lot of stuff written, but listen, man, like Roy said, we're knocking the dust. I'm knocking the dust off on my guitar work, my chops, because it's, you know, I was gone for 10 years. And before that, you know, I wasn't doing nothing, you know, so it's going to take a minute, but I got some stuff written. But I mean, just from the first practice, all, man, it just kind of all like kind of felt natural to me, you know, for my opinion of it all. It and, did. And, you know, we just, we're just picking off where we left off, man. That's all. Yeah. And it's new times and it's, you know, it's new years and it's, you know, times are crazy as fuck, dude. And, you know, like there's so much angst and this and that and the other thing in the air. And, you know, we just want to bring something good to all this shit, you know, and just fucking make it right. And Dom's helping us make it right. And, you know, we got a lot of good people in our corner here. You guys are trying to help us make it right. And yeah. As long as everything turns out right, everything's great, right? I like to think yeah. so. You know, yeah, absolutely. Stay focused and fucking you know, just do what's right, man. That's right. And enjoy. A lot it. of people just love the band and they just want to, you know, they just want to see things end and on a good note, you know, and just get restore balance to the universe and just, you know, yeah. Well, the universe is actually we're not trying to fight the universe no more. It's just happening. You know, it's unfolding on us finally. You know? <laughs> and sometimes it takes all those sacrifices and all this and all these pains and all these sufferings and all that for that to come together. So here we are. Yeah, you know, and thank God that you know, because you know, there's lots of sleepless nights. You know, it's it's very hard to hate people and fucking be angry at people all the fucking time. You know, it takes a lot out of a person, dude. You know, yeah, especially, especially when it gets you in situations too. where you can't even get out of those either. You know, so everybody's got to learn from that shit and move on. And we're all old. Fuck, man, we got grandchildren and kids. <laughs> all this shit we ain't got time for this fucking high school bullshit of everybody else's problem with what everything else is you know and it just feels really good to like you know let go of all that stuff you know through all these years 
Yeah. A lot of people are going to come out with a good result of everything, you know? Yeah. Fucking things go back to being. Like I said, we got Tom with us now, too, man. He brings a whole different element to it, you know? Vocals? We're all spiritual right now. We're all, you know, a lot more, you know, physically just growing up of lessons learned. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, You got anything to say? Any, uh, any, Any closing words? We can wrap this up, man, you know? Um, Hey, man, do the right thing. Do the right thing. All you kids out there, do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Stay out of trouble. If everything, everything matters, man. If everything matters, everything fucking matters. So, you know, choose carefully and do the right thing, man. It's a fine line between, you know, being with the people you love and doing the things you love and being in a place that you don't want to be or not being here at all. So it takes two choose, people from experience. Choose, all this choose carefully. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Let me, you know, we've been through it all, me and John. So, and here we are now. Yeah, just like you said, nobody would ever imagine that would happen. <laughs> For sure, not me. You know, uh, you know that takes things you hear. to do that and overcome everything. But not only that, it takes experience and knowing what you've lost everything before and knowing what we had before everything happened. You know? Yeah. And, it's what you put it's what you guys put a lot of energy made into a lot of fucking shit happen man you know and like without even knowing that we were doing it you know and here we are fucking 30 something years later and and here we are again so obviously something that was meant to be closed out on, on something of it great dom anything to say any uh any news with integrity oh uh, we're writing a new record that's almost in the can uh it takes a long time. Integrity records are, uh, well, I mean, when I joined the band, I turned it from a hardcore band into like, I don't know, it sounds goofy to call it theatrical, but it's like a meatloaf record now, dude. There's like eight minute songs <laughs> with a bunch of parts. It's just real crazy, you know, but like we were talking about earlier. I don't want to hear the same record from the same band, from the same five dudes. You know, I like when shit's different, as long as it's cool. And uh, I got another band going with Mike Score from All Out War that we're oh, uh we have a, a couple songs we're just doing a seven inch with Talk and uh he's the best yeah, and uh my friend awesome. uh that's scott from cool. bloodlet and i have another band we have like a 1983 heavy metal band it's like Dawkin and rat and shit like that but it sounds like ozzy or bobby liebling from pentagram is singing it's just pretty cool i've wrote a ton of music over just being stuck at home with nothing to do i would force myself to write songs every day i'm, I'm, I'm like i just write a song every day <laughs> And then after a month, I'm going to go back and listen to them and just see, you know, see what's what. And it was just so cool because all these, the idea came to start sending my buddies songs to sing on and just all these kind of side project bands kind of sprouted off that. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. So aside from the coldest life and integrity, but these are all like just meant to be like, you know, little studio projects for, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, for working remotely, you know, so it's never things that are going to be real bands and tours or anything like that. It's just something cool, you know? Something oh, yeah. To- Past the time that if someone enjoys this, do it great, you know. Hey Dom, save some of them chops, dude. Put if, put some put some in your back pocket, all right, dude. If someone if this if this shit clears up and I could fly out there, I was already telling Roy that I would come down and jam in a heartbeat. It was, Listen, it was, man, come on out. I got a badass hot rod. Come on, do the there. podcast. Come, come on out. in front of some cool cars. You know, yeah, I got man. some. I got some gear you can plug into. Just grab yeah. a guitar and come we got on. Plenty of amps, that's for sure. Yeah, as soon as, as as soon as this club flies, as soon as this shit ties down, count me in. I'm definitely down. Cool, cool. Now cool. people are gonna think Coldo's life's gonna turn into meatloaf. 
I bring the curse. I bring the curse with me. No, I'm just kidding. I, I know how to keep uh, stuff in the realm of whatever band I'm playing with, you know, so it, it would definitely be fun. It would. All right. Well, it's going to be one final question that I want to know. Will there ever be a coldest life on stage again? <laughs> Is anything uh, possible? I mean, anything's possible. I mean, we are possible. what we are, you know. I mean, me and Jeff are coldest life, so. As far as I'm concerned, anything is possible. And absolutely, if people want to fucking get us out there and everybody's behind us, goddamn right, we'll get out there and fucking rock it. I think it needs to be uh, Agnostic Front, Madball, Coldest Life, Hatebreed. Yeah, get ready to spank your bucket, have a wet dream, <laughs> dude, because, you know, that would be the most amazing thing ever. Absolutely. That'd be a hell of a show. <laughs> no, well, <clears throat> I mean, we could wrap it up here. Um, I appreciate you, Don. Dom, come, Don, I know your name's Dom. Coming on. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Dom, love you, bro. Thanks for you know, the whole record thing. You know, without you, you know, we just have to go to YouTube and hear the one version. But now we'll, we'll be able to get it most uh, easily on the streaming services and, you know, the album. and People will be happy. It's going to be everywhere it needs to be. And it's going to look and sound amazing. And these guys get, you know, it's, it's awesome that it's just like uh there's no middleman, you know what I mean? It's just me and these guys and everything's getting handled and, you know, you have to worry about money exchanging the wrong hands or it, everything's going to the band that, you know, that needs to go to the band and everything's, everything's great. You're the man. Dom. You're the man. It's going to be yeah. awesome. There's going to be more stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again. Hey, Yo, hey thank, you, thank you for having me. Thank you, buddy. I'll yeah, talk man, to you next couple days. Yeah. I'll call you after the weekend, man. You guys have a great weekend. You too, Thanks, buddy. You too. Thanks, man. See ya.